So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 mixologists. Welcome back to another episode of Mixing with Moni. I'm Moni, of course, and I'm very excited for today. I do want to say thank you to everyone who listened, who reached out um, regarding my last episode, what it means to mix with Moni. If you haven't and you're new here, I definitely suggest you go and you check it out um, simply because it's important and it's going to stay up and it's going to be the blueprint for the rest of the time that we spend together as a little mixer on this show. It's one of those things that even governed my ideas today. I saw many people concerned, as was I, about the nature of some statements that very many Bravo liberties and networks and stars and whatnot have released. And everyone's like, seems like a publicist wrote it. Seems like a PR person wrote it. When Stassi's PR person uh, dropped her, it was like, ooh, got dropped out of your publicist after they wrote your letter, you know? All of that made me think, I'm one of those people. I think those things. But isn't that the point of PR? Like, am I vilifying PR or the person who did this? What 
is the difference. How much say does this person have in their own statement? How much, you know, does the PR person have in the statement? Can the PR person tell them what to do? Or are they just an employee? Like what happens here? What makes someone drop you when their job is crisis management? What makes them say, nope, no more. Can't do it. Can't put out any more fires for you, boo. I decided to ask those questions from a very dear friend of mine who is also a publicist working in PR with talent, public relations, with people who are creatives, people who are stars. He learns from other people who work for the best. One of his um, very good friends and colleagues and mentors is one of the heads of um, outreach at Bravo and is a black woman. If we did not know that, I will also put some links about her as well in my Instagram stories. And so I decided to ask my good friend, Donovan. He is amazing at what he does. I needed to understand the purpose of PR, especially when it comes to Bravo, what he would do differently what is going wrong? What's happening with this Stasi Kristen situation? What he would do if he was Bravo's, you know, PR team, Andy's, Stasi's, Jackie Schimmel's from um, Bitch Bible, who did the podcast where all this transpired from. What is his take? What would he tell Bravo? And also, I got his opinion on some other Bravo controversies, some other Bravo celebrities who either have had action taken against them or none at all. We don't know why. We will work through all of that. We work through the statements. We rip them apart. We talk about what we could have done differently. And this all comes from, I sent him Stassi and Kristen's statements because I really just wanted him to give me the go ahead to say that one of them, and you'll find out who, could kiss my ass. And he gave me that go ahead. But he also gave me like minutes worth of good, valuable audio to really work with and dissect why they don't work or what should have been done differently. He's telling me where to put stuff and how to say things. And I'm like, I just want to know I can say kiss their ass, you know, kiss my ass, you know. And that's exactly what happened. But he gave me more and I thought it was valuable information that needed to be shared. So that's what we did. We shared it. I thought about dividing this up. It's extremely long, but I've also been, you know, mute or MIA or not, you know, talking on this platform for a very long time. And again, this is my show and it made me happy. And I don't want to go through the work of having to edit it because I think it's all relative and it's all good. And frankly, girls, we're, there's not enough for us to be talking about with Bravo anyway, because everything's on hiatus. So this episode's going to come out as is. It's not going to be cut apart so that I can spread it out over the next few weeks or make bonus episodes. It's because it makes me happy and I like it. And I thought it was a really fun conversation. And next week, because we're on hiatus, I will talk about Tinsley's departure with New York, the barbecue with Beverly Hills again, and Aaron with the crushing of the hand, allegedly. I'll talk about all that next week while they're on hiatus. And we'll go from there and see if we have something else to talk about after that. And we'll have a lot more fun guests and I'll just have to get creative while Bravo seemingly edits some things out. More about that and everything else coming up next, my friend Donovan Mack, the PR guru. You will fall in love. Have fun. All right, mixologist, as promised, I am back 
with a very good friend of mine, Donovan, the PR king. Welcome, DMAC. He is a working senior publicist at his own firm, Mac and Creative, host of Strategies for the Culture podcast, which you must check out. Link will be in the details. PR and social media guru, and my dear friend, and my prom date from high school. More details on that soon. Hi, Dmac. Hey, I love the prom day. Oh my goodness, that was. I remember that like it was yesterday. But hey, girl, I'm so excited to be on here. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for coming on. Always, anytime. So, lots going on in the world. Obviously, we are both black individuals living in America, trying to live our best black ass life. But it is becoming increasingly hard, and it feels that it is even harder for people who don't get the voice to say things on social media or express how they feel, you know, for Black people in the professional world, in the workplace. This has been a really hard few weeks for them. Like, they're not, everyone we know is not all creatives. Like, they've had to bite a lot of tongues the last few weeks or the last, like, I don't know how many years they've been in the workplace overall. And so... I definitely wanted to get your perspective as a, someone who works in PR, someone who does marketing and things like that. This has been a really weird time for people. They've become not, uh, it's almost like a trend. And I hate to say that, but it feels very trendy for Black Lives Matter to be a thing. I don't like that it's trending either because you remember back in 2013 uh, in high school, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I was the only one standing up for Trayvon Martin um, when I was a freshman in high school, um, black, white, Hispanic, whatever you want to call it. Like I was the only one standing up for it. And I was like, okay, but back to what you were saying. <laughs> no, you raise a really good point. You know, we are constantly experiencing this cycle where tra- tragedy happens protests, mm-hmm. riots ensue, mm-hmm. people are talking about it, everyone promises change and to do better, then we get a little silent and quiet until it happens again. And this cycle has been going on, like you said, as early as 2013 because of social media, but obviously many, many years before that, decades before that. This is not new. But what is new is this aspect of social media outrage. And I'm really curious to hear your thoughts, especially because it feels like a trend to post Blackout Tuesday, Black Lives Matter. You must say something. We're seeing an increased amount of celebrities that need to say something when these things happen. It's almost like if you don't, people are looking for their favorite celebrities, favorite artists, favorite networks to Mm -hmm. say something. And then we critique and we judge the shit out of their statements. We say they're too PR or these feel like they didn't say anything or you know, they didn't say anything at all, or they didn't give a plan, or they did too much of a plan, or all these things, we have a lot to say about it, and there's obviously, listen, I'm one of those people, I'm the peanut gallery, but I wanted to get the perspective of someone who is in this field, right? What are your thoughts on everything and how it's being very, how it's very demanding right now of creatives and public figures to say something at all about this movement? Well, it's woo child the ghetto for one. Um, and I would just say, I also hate that it's a trend. You know, um, I feel like being black and in business or being black and creative is almost an intersection because you almost have to wear that on your sleeve in addition to, you know, everything that goes on. But I hate that this stuff is trending because 
uh, not that it negates what everyone has been doing in the past, but like you said, this is nothing new. So the statement should have been out, you know, before a long, long time ago, as far as maybe a diversity statement at that. I mean, to get, if you want to get really minimal, a diversity statement, you know, Ooh. other than what's on the HR, you know, other than equal opportunity, you need another section that says diversity and inclusion and how that's valued. And I feel like yes. now was the time that like, enough was enough and they saw how outraged black people just people in general can get as far as um physically burning things down and they've not been out of no reasons i want to clear that up too most of them have not been out of no reasons some of them have been you definitely have your categories of protesters that's a different story absolutely okay i've even said myself the main reason I'm here for peaceful protests is because I don't want more of my people being held through the system. Exactly. That's it for me. Exactly. To be honest, and that might be an unpopular opinion, but my thing is, I am never going to tell someone how to be upset that their life is not being valued. Are you kidding? Ooh, I, like, I say that all the time. I say that all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why can I tell someone how to feel? Period. Okay. How, and how to grieve. I can't tell. Right black men how to react when they see in America that literally it literally could have been any of them exactly. I cannot tell black women how to feel when it's like it could be your son your son is adorable today and in 20 years he could just be considered a threat this man George Floyd was at 45 at 45 somewhere your son could be a threat to me Rice was 12 you could just send him to well, the park and he might not come back like are you kidding I yeah. can't tell someone how to feel out of fear so my main concern and the reason why I would prefer we keep things peaceful and preference is literally all it is because I'm not going to judge or misjudge or critique someone for how to feel and how to react because I have seen very many of people get more mad about their orders being wrong at a restaurant or someone that was trying to a check so yeah. miss me with how people should be angry or not angry but I just want to make sure our people be, are safe and that they're not giving the police more ammunition to cause harm on them. That's for me. Absolutely. I and don't put different. people in harm's way. Right. It hits different when the people you care about, like, you know, like you care about people out there, but, like, then the people that you love, know, and appreciate, and it's just, like, of course, our lives are on the line every day when we step outside, but when that, when we're not necessarily putting ourselves in harm's way, but it's, like, you know, once we're out there, it's, like, you, it's a different level of heightened emotion when it comes to uh you know right exactly yeah, yeah so it's see, we something. see each other we mm -hmm. see friends we see family in the lot in the faces of people we see the and then i'm not for nothing we are constantly faced with the fear because we see different people like police that are employed and are told told to come and legitimately frighten us intimidate us they're told to come to the protest and just quote unquote make sure things don't get out of hand but they come in riot gear like you're not you know we see a lot of instances where cops are you know joining us or they'll you know do peace they'll protest with us but the reason why those things are making headlines is because they're that rare so we don't see a lot of the cops being like listen I agree with you I want to do better I want to listen I want to learn like we when Baltimore I saw one of their police chiefs um read the names of all the victims of police brutality in America 
of black people and I was like no this is beautiful but this is what keeps things peaceful people just want to be heard but if you're not going to listen they're going to get louder so okay. I just okay. want my people okay. to be concerned about their well-being but again I am not critiquing or judging anyone's fear because I know this has been a really hard time even for me I did not know this man I have very different privileges as just even being a lighter skinned black person in America um, I am a woman. I've lived a very re- relatively privileged life as a Black woman in America, especially living in a home that was considerably more middle class or upper, you know, depending on your view of the two. And my parents, you know, tried to show it to me a lot. So I, and if, if it was here. For me, and if it was hard for us, I cannot even imagine, like, I, I I know how with fears and stuff it ensued upon me and uh, that heightened the ones I have every day. So, but I do want to get back to your statement. Yes. What should have happened is why are we just not finding out that these people are so pro-Black Lives Matter? Okay. <laughs> why are we just now hearing that like the networks stand up against racism? Why are we just now finding out that these celebrities all of a sudden are all about diversity and inclusion because maybe it's not the case for all of us. Leah Michelle, I don't know. Maybe that's Ooh, not the yeah, true My black girl. I forgot her name, but I definitely uh, felt for her because I knew there was, I watching that show, she could not be not that character off camera. No, yeah, we Period. all knew something was going on with Leah yeah. because it just felt like she was very much so her role in yeah. real life, nobody on that whole cast seemed like her on the show. And now it's like in real life, you hear, you got extras saying, oh yeah, girl, it was true. I was there 10 hours and she was like that. You got people saying, I was there 10 years and it was like that. Like, yeah. oh, and that is just, maybe that's never not hearing about it. But I do agree. We definitely should have heard some of these diversity statements and seen some of these diversity pushes before there was a tragedy where we're calling you to the carpet. That would, I think, lead a little bit more room for us to not be disappointed or critique whatever you say next. Absolutely, because they would have taught them something. You know, you have if you're going to have that, it has to be backed up by something. And, you know, that some, some of the situations could have been avoided. You know what I mean? When it comes to what the brand or what the network stands for because you wouldn't think about it it's like we have this diversity statement it has to be written properly then you have to learn something or talk to somebody of color or a, a black person on maybe how their experience is and how some are experiencing things and kind of formulating it properly so from there it would have been a teachable moment before stuff would have happened you know you were able to backpedal you know, how to study your own history, because that's what Black people have had to do. Um, And then think about it, you know, we need to stand up for this. And I think when it was okay to be kind of silent in that we all either knew racism or just people said, I don't see color, which is impossible. Um, So... Right. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Even the colorblind, even the colorblind can see color. not to see us. I'm very proud of being Black. As hard as it can be sometimes, I love it. I'm very happy in the skin I'm in. The difference is I don't want you to not see color when you see me. I want you to see color, know that there are differences, and know that they should not apply because of color. That's what Absolutely. I want. Absolutely. I want you I want to be like, thing. oh, this is a beautiful woman, not beautiful because of it, black. 
Or I just think all women are beautiful. I would be an equal opportunity, but know that you get different privileges because of your race than I do mine. We all do. There are hierarchies at all times. We all know it. Because that's like saying, oh, I don't see gender. So yeah. I just hire a woman because she's a woman. But so, I, but no, I still want the pay gap to be close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you said you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, like, because you no. have to go back. What are you doing to fight it if you don't want it? Like, exactly. So, what are you doing to fight white supremacy? Like the pay gap to be close. So, of course, I see gender. I am a woman, not making the same as this man in the same field. I'm seeing it. Yeah, I and I can see it. Seeing it comes with action, though. You know what I mean? So you can't yeah. notice it and ignore it. So I think because they ignored it and kind of like, that's a very touchy topic, you know, and that's uncomfortable because we, and I wouldn't say we allowed that because that has been allowed by higher ups and, you know, just keeping, you know, that part of the piece is just like, now you have allowed them to not learn about history. You've not learned them to allow that our experiences are different. And now we have to sit down and do all these trainings that don't actually all the way work. Um, right. is, I just feel for everyone in professional corporate America who is yeah. going through the office season one, episode two. Right. right. That is very much so what this feels like. If you've never seen it, if you've never watched the office, I don't know how, what, what are you doing? It's quarantine. You have nothing better to do. I promise. <laughs> but beyond that, go yeah. watch season one, episode two, diversity day. Everyone knows that it is probably one of the most provocative episodes of a comedy show ever. Yes. specifically because it it feels ludicrous that is how some of these people feel in these diversity trainings first mm -hmm. of all i don't need a training about diversity i yeah. don't need yeah. here the difference though is not even just we need to make sure we're hiring diversity cough cough bravo um we also Ooh. need to make sure we're giving space to these diverse candidates to be able to express freely to like, thrive, you know. It's not enough to just hire the black designer at the Gucci. It also needs to be that black person at the Gucci can feels comfortable speaking to you and saying, mm -hmm. "Hey, honey, this ski mask or this turtleneck or this scarf that looks like a monkey that has black face on it not mm -hmm. a good idea." You it, will receive backlash and you will lose money if that's what you want continue to produce it but i'm telling you that's not a good idea don't make it so that you hire this black person as a diversity push she's the one person on the floor you come to her you say is this a good idea and she goes mm -hmm. and it's not because she it, it, you know is, is lying because she thinks that it's a good idea or she's lying because she just wants to keep her job how about that period period we want to keep our jobs we want to keep <laughs> our jobs right so, we want to make life for us as limitedly hard as possible. We don't want it to be unnecessarily hard. It's already difficult when she's at the water cooler, maybe. It's already difficult when she's doing black woman in the boardroom. Got fresh like new braids and somebody asking about Right. Someone gets her name wrong constantly. These little microaggressions. Yeah. So when you come and ask her, this is cute, right? Like you'd wear this. Don't be upset when she tells you yes and you put it out and everyone else tells you no. Because first mm -hmm. of all, her opinion is one, you need to ask many. Maybe you should have more than one there. But yep. also, what I loved about like the CEO of DoorDash, the um, meal uh, yeah. service, I heard about he that. was like, I'm starting a coalition and we're going to make sure that this Black coalition that I have at the office, that they're allowed to meet by themselves mm -hmm. and feel comfortable to approach us, me, about what is going on in our workplace. 
and that Absolutely. they feel comfortable in our workplace. And I'm like, it's that simple. And yes, you could be thinking, why do they need to do all that? Because honey, we've been that uncomfortable for that long. We are literally told growing up to not idealize working in corporate America and stuff because in the workplace, we're just going to have to take it. It's just going to be uncomfortable. You're yeah. always just going to have that racist boss. We're told that all the time, right? It's normalized and it's so unfortunate, but that's like literally the difference between diversity and inclusion because diversity is what you see. Mm. I remember working in places and they'd be like, we, we're so diverse. And I'll say, all I see is white people. What are you talking about? <laughs> you have, we have this white girl, she's from Utah and she's from New York. And I was like, that's not diversity. Diversity you know. is what you see with your two eyes. If you put us all in a picture, I see two black people, that's it. But like you mentioned, the inclusion is the feeling. So if I don't feel inclusive mm. enough, speak up, and then we get canceled, like that's really on the environment because black people can't speak for all black people now. Okay, so you're one Hello. different kind. Yeah, they can't speak for the entire community nor all the black people in the office, even if it's just three people. So right. they have various opinions. So you have to make sure you have that's that. You need different yeah. voices. You need different voices. What I love about the term BIPOC, if you guys have been seeing that um, often, it stands for Black Indigenous People of Color. So that means people on a larger spectrum. Because what I've mm -hmm. said before, Black people's experience in America is very different than Latinx people's experience in America. Very Even true. though they have ties to the Black community, it's a different very experience. True. And neither of them should be tied together or diminished or compared or go, you, just because you support Black Lives Matter doesn't mean you should be like, well, I don't have to go fight about, you know, Latinx people in cages because... I already went to the Black Lives Matter, you know. Right, right. No, honey, it's they're different. Like I, I always say, I have I'm a multi, you know, faceted woman. I'm able to yeah. flex and support many different things. So yeah. we should have many different people in the room. I feel comfortable about that. Your kids' classrooms should look like that. Your mm -hmm. kids' teachers should look like that. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to learn that the world looks different because you don't want that kid to also then travel to another country and then be hella confused and also get their feelings hella hurt yeah. when they become in contact with people that don't look like them but they have not they're not used to it and that's not how Ooh, the world should be. I'm <laughs> just saying and we shouldn't to be honest because of these professional you know situations where we know we have to put up with so much sometimes in the professional workforce what do we turn to when we get home for self-care for unwinding for relaxation television that is unfortunately though this especially in these last couple of weeks a bigger trigger yeah. during the day and so it's like and i feel that this is why i definitely want to have you on because i have been so disappointed and feeling com uh, conflicted with bravo especially which is like my my love i honestly yeah, yeah. based on it and being one of the few black people in this space of creative you know content for bravo i felt hurt sad and like i don't know where to go from here where is my end why do i feel like i have to give this up and is this time for me to give it up and why would i give it up why can't you just change i don't understand oh i like that <laughs> i like that. i have to stop watching the show that i love because you can't get it together that right. makes zero sense to me That's so true. maybe get it together but lots of things happening in the tv space mm -hmm. um we have some big big players right now ABC announced for the first time, like just today as we're recording this, that they're going to have their first Black Bachelor ever in 40 seasons. Of course, we have had a Black suitor, a woman, Rachel Lindsay, who came, I think, like, I don't know, season like 
18 or 20 mm-hmm. or something of the bachelorette so still yeah. at least two at least a dozen plus almost two dozen uh seasons of the bachelorette definitely over two dozen seasons of the bachelor before we had a black yeah. person yeah. and now and then we went from years until we got a black suitor like a male suitor and now we have the first black, black black bachelor who I still feel is too late. I think they did the wrong thing by not casting um, everyone's fan favorite. Mike looked great in a turtleneck. He was a couple years ago. They should have casted him. I think they are realizing they should have casted about three years ago. Yeah, I think and I remember so him. they're doing it. Yes. And we're happy. But ABC is making a big statement because Rachel Lindsay held you know them to the fire. Um. MTV has been uh, apparently they've been firing people left and right. I don't even I'm not deep into the MTV world, but it keeps coming across my feed that they're firing people. They pulled special. They had a special that was supposed to air this week with one of I think a Teen Mom girl or something like that, and they pulled it because she was racist or saying some things about BLM and things like that. And I'm just like, wow, okay. So then we get to our subject topic of today, Bravo, who has um given us uh, not not a lot to work with, <laughs> with um uh to be proud of not a lot to be proud of they let's start with what their statement was to everyone uh, but during that week where you know everyone had to post something about BLM everybody did and it not necessarily that you even were supportive of it some people just said you know, we want to work together and we love everyone. And they were very much so like, oh, we're not going to take a political stance because this is, to them, this is political. I don't think Black Lives Matter is political. I think it's literally a a fucking factual statement. Period. But Bravo said, this is their official statement. Bravo is proud to be part of the Comcast NBC Universal family, which is committed to a $100 million multi-year plan to advance social justice and equality. Their other official statement, that was their plan after about, I want to say, five days of giving their official statement during um, everything that was happening. They tweeted... Bravo stands in solidarity with the Black community against systemic racism and oppression experienced every day in America. We owe it to our Black staff, talent, production partners, and viewers to demand change and accountability. To be silent is to be complicit. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. They tweeted that and then, of course, screenshotted the tweet and put it on other platforms such as Instagram. What are your initial thoughts with that tweet or that statement should it have been a tweet do you think it should have probably been more of a fleshed out thought did it say enough what are, what are your thoughts as as a black man and then like as a publicist as a black man I don't feel that was enough um and then it comes into being a publicist as well because like I said it's like my intersection it's part of my intersectionality but anywho mm-hmm. as a publicist and a, and a black person I'm thinking what are you doing to fight it or change it you know Um, I think that needs to be added to almost everyone's statement in addition going forward. This is what we're going to do. Now, those can't be out of, um, it can't be a reactionary thing. So, you know, I want it to be authentic to the people in that in addition, not only are we going to fire people, 
but this is what we're now doing in HR. This is what we're now going to do. But admitting also that we've been part of the problem and just realizing it now. And that's the thing where it comes in, like, what are you doing going forward? But understanding that being silent a month ago was a part of the problem. So yeah, Uh I like solidarity. I like the words you wrote. That's cute. Um, I'm tired of the all lives matter statements and th- this kind of falls into it where it's like, yeah, we stand up and then, you know, some trolls will even come for Bravo and be like, I mean, all the shows don't uplift all minority people. Um, and I definitely exactly. had a conversation. So yeah. I think you definitely raised a good point talking about, mm-hmm. you know, they, where were there, where, how are they selling? What about a month ago? And I think we're, especially with the conversation that we're going to get into about yeah. uh, past offenses of some of the people that were fired this week and stuff. Why did it take this long? A large part of people's disappointments have been, this is a pattern. So why didn't we nip this in the bud before? Why didn't mm-hmm. we say and make the statement before? Why did it take a tragedy and the trend of everyone else before you made a statement? And why did it take so long for you to make a statement when of course you do have black staff, black talent, black shows, things like that. It should not have even taken as long as it did, I think some, you know, accounts that even I was a part of, we put out a petition to get Bravo to air their Amplify Melanated Voices special, mm-hmm. which uh, when they were going to only do an um, Instagram Live, and uh, someone brought it to my attention specifically, and a, a group of content creators and uh, Bravo holics were like, girl, there's nothing else on Bravo right now. And not to mention, you have an exact platform for this thing it's called watch what happens live you air it every second night with people that we don't even want to watch you are talking about a time where covid is happening there is nothing on tv not a thing like every other show is on hiatus because there's nothing to watch why wouldn't you put this on a platform that you already have it's called a network for a reason Mm -hmm. you don't need to just put it on instagram you are not instagram you are a tv network put it on the tv Okay, and I don't know why. Okay, fine. I'm glad. I don't know why they wouldn't have. That's something that can be done proactively and be like, you know, airing something where you have stood up and really amplified a minority, a black voice. That's the stuff that we want to see. You know, that's the stuff that can be put out to showcase and that what you did in the past. Because I'm thinking about, you know, when you go through these statements and you know you go through their history. You standing up for Black Lives Matter has not been, you know, a part of the mission, but for so long, you know, for what, two right. now? So, and that's my issue with Fox, low-key, because... Oh, that's your issue with Fox? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of different issues, but... How, a lot of issues. The intersection of Fox News, but, you know, the if you Fox it after 8 p.m. is all Black. Um, but we'll talk about that. But we'll get into that's another episode. But yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> it definitely pains me to an extent to think like, you know, we haven't created the inclusive environment, and not we black people, we just in workplaces haven't created the inclusive environments, but that's a part of not having black people at the table in higher uh positions, in C-suite level positions, because now I don't feel like I had the place to stand up. I was literally just asked by somebody like, do you speak up? Like, what do you say when you're in? I always have to say, it depends on what position I'm in. Cause I'm when I first start speaking, it's a black man speaking, you know what I mean? But then when you first start talking, it's like, you know, I'm in my job, I'm in my space. 
But you know, you got to know your place. And I didn't mean to rhyme there, but you got to know your place. Yeah. It's like my place needs to be more in C-suite level position, CEO, COO, CFOs, things like that, where I'm able to speak up. And like you said, keep our job. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we definitely need to get into the conversation of what an actual publicist or PR team in general, what they are for, because I think we get a lot, it gets a lot of, uh, especially when people love their, you know, their public figures, it mm -hmm. gets a bad rap in a situation of crisis when, you know, we want to hear that we want to think that the thoughts of our favorite people are authentic. I will often say everyone's not good with a pen. Everyone's not good with a word. So that's sometimes why they need some help. But we need to know that it's, I mainly wanted to bring you on here to figure out where the feelings and thoughts and the true genuine authenticity of the talent ends and where the publicist statement begins. Like how much yeah. of the two are intertwined what let's start with what your job is like in general yeah so i literally define public relations as maintaining the relationship with the public when it comes to public figures um and, really, and it, 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 it exactly and i really have to always mention that and define that because people are like what do you do and it's a lot of stuff but my main goal is to maintain that public image, maintain that brand, and maintain that relationship with the audience. Let me say this too. A lot of your favorite celebrities do not have publicists because they don't see the value in it because it's not like a marketing ROI. I'm thankful enough to work right. in where, you know, if you put a Facebook ad out, it'll show you the amount of views. If you get an article, I mean, it might show you the views and stuff, but you can't measure how much money that article is going to make you. You know, when we do media relations, which means I'm pitching the media to place a story in the news, you that's eyes on a story. And you really can't measure that to, you know, your dollars coming in. It, it's not a statement on your bank account. You know what I mean? So like a lot of right. celebrities don't have it. Like this is not an episode about B. Simone, but I know B. Simone don't have no publicist. <laughs> you and know, she so might need like, one. And she might, and need, she one. might need one. I think she does. I but think I, right about now, <laughs> she needs to be looking up my man's DMAC. I'm going to oh, just slide her your information. And that's not, that's no shade. No, really no, it's no shade at all. I really don't fuck with her, but I think you could, you, she could use you. She needs you. Well, a lot of and I think that even says something. It's like when you don't like someone, yeah. it's, like, it's almost like you need a publicist. I want to put her with one of my really good friends. Yeah. I think yes. we need that intervention. So yeah. the next question then it would be, what is, the real goal of a publicist when it comes to celebrities and people in their platforms, especially in times of crisis, because I think everyone just assumes when something goes down, publicists need to come in. But if you're explaining it as it's to maintain that relationship with the public, it sounds like, of course, when mm -hmm. the public is coming out, then that is definitely when you want a PR person in there to maintain that relationship with Absolutely. the public. They're about to leave your ass. Absolutely. Well, the main service is media relations. And that's basically taking a brand, getting the story out and developing right. pitches for the news. So a lot of the like Fox five, like not Fox five, the hard hitting news. So you're, you know, nightly at six, that's not really pitch media. 
the stuff that I'm like articles on like Pop Sugar and you know the, on other platforms like that, those can be pitch stories. So I want to get a brand featured. I want to get a media hit. I want to get some news out there. And you'd be surprised the amount of stories that are actually pitched by publicists in the same boat in that who doesn't have one. But mm-hmm. now, and I'll go even back to March, crisis communications is like the number one service. And a lot of people in the communications industry was like, everyone, every because of COVID-19, everything, every agency, excuse me, needs to have a crisis section. You know what I mean? Because right. when sales started to tank, you know, how are we communicating and pivoting to make sure like things stay afloat as far as our relationship? So yeah, point. Best. but then now in the past month, um, the diversity side is popping, you know, and being able, sure. be able to articulate a proper statement where some people need to say, I'm sorry. Um, and leaving that out there because we're trying to be all strategic. Um, but yeah, now that's popping because it's just like you need to hire a black publicist. And thinking about it, a lot of your favorite celebrities have white publicists. So I was just about to say, I wonder how many times there are people in these situations, especially right now, that are realizing the person that they have to help is probably not going to be that helpful. Yep. Like they're yep. coming at it solely from on numbers and strategies and facts. And sometimes, though that is what makes it professional, of course, I'm saying you probably do that too. You know exactly what your craft is. But it would help mm-hmm. if I, as a publicist, say I was dealing with, um, you know, people that are, if, if, I, if I was a, a talent and I wanted to hire someone to be on my PR team and I was really passionate about something but I offended an entire community, I might not hire like a full-on you know, maybe like if it was handicapped people, I would not hire a full-on handicapped person, maybe not all the time, but I would want to at least freelance that person and ask them what matters here the most, but also what do you think? Like what would, like not that you speak for everyone, but what would benefit you in this apology or in this strategy to make things better? What would you be looking for? These seem like really relatively reasonable questions to me. It's okay. that we're asking these questions, though. It can get really simple, and I'm saying... You can easily email my man's Donovan here and just be like, as a black person, <laughs> I would like to, you know, render your services, but also as a black person. Yeah. Would this offend you? And if you say no, that's great. Maybe, you know, it's like, okay, maybe you could be like, I am saying no, it would not offend me personally, but as a mm-hmm. publicist, that could be how it offends other people. Yeah. And here's how I would want a response from my community or to my community if something did offend me as a viewer, as a uh, as a purveyor of your stuff, but also as a publicist. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, when you hire a team, the reason you hire a team is because they know more than you. You know what I mean? Oh, the yes. you hire people is because they know more than you and can add value to your specific brand, company, and see whatever. That is it's subconscious sometimes, but that's why people are hiring you. Now, sometimes it's like, oh, I like you. You know what I mean? We get along. We work well together. Someone mm-hmm. hire you. But at the same time, in valuing someone's expertise, you have to think about it in, I'm going to hire them because they know more. So it should be diverse. They should be able to challenge you in an inclusive environment and say, Amani girl, I don't like that statement. You know, it could offend these people. Not saying you would do that because I know mm. you're woke and conscious. Um, but yeah, and say stuff like I really am. You, <laughs> you, are, you are. But yeah, you want a diverse 
team that knows more than you, that has different experiences than you. Because people tend to surround themselves with, of course, people they know and like and that look like them. But I will say, in some cases, celebrities think they've made it when they're able to hire the grandiose public relations firm. You know, they have high credentials and they represent the top tier people. But let me say this, Beyonce, you know, even though, even though her, her PR team is very, very good and very, very strategic, she's not a part of one of those, you know, major, major public relations firm. You know what I mean? Interesting. Um, so, you know, it's very, it, and I, that is my girl, Yvette Noel Shore. I love her to death. Um, the Shore Media Group, they're amazing. And they're major because they represent Beyonce, Kelly, Michelle, and the list goes on. Um, but they're like, they're other- But they're not a part of this like, yeah, yeah. She kept yes. it pretty local and cute, and that's that's yes. sometimes because you also want someone who's ears to the streets. I mean, I'm just trying to figure really? out how you can keep someone's relationship to the public, and you're not a part of the public yourself. Like oh. you need to be amongst the people. I could easily be in that PR. I could see you being that PR person going to a meeting, and it's like, well, I just got off of Twitter, and they were saying some things. Yeah, because who and their big falutin', high falutin' jobs and savvy offices. And these things, how often are they able to get on the social media and not know that there's a problem until someone's calling them and saying there's a problem? Like, I would love if my publicist was like, hey, girl, I'm on Instagram. It's not going well. We need to have a course of action. Versus me having to call you and it's like, coming after me on the internet. I need help. Like, I shouldn't have to call you in distress. To me, I think that that's the the good thing about a good team is having not just yes people, but people who are like, this is not a good idea. And that leads me to my next question, my final question before we get into the meat and potatoes, the Bravo BS, the the foolishness. Yes. Where, and this is a great lead-in, how much say does the talent have in their own statements and in taking accountability, and how much is advice like where is their veto power and then begin and of course i'm not naive to think that if they're hiring you they don't get they can say whatever they want obviously i know they can be like i don't like it at all but Mm -hmm. where is that line especially in right now where we're seeing people apologizing a lot more where when they say to come to you and it's like there's a problem people are mad at me i need to issue a statement and you're like we need to issue a statement where does their voice start and end and where does yours Absolutely. I think nowadays, especially for my white counterparts, they're not, um, a lot of their voice isn't put into it. And well, let me say this, not only their voice pour into it, but like the enablers around them have allowed it to stay in their circle. So not mm-hmm. saying that I don't think they've read it. Like, I think they read it over and was like, this is good. It fits the brand, but we need to be a little, di- a little bit disruptive here and what statement we're kind of making. So uh-huh. I feel like they had a voice in it as far as I read it over and made some changes or said like, I wouldn't say this, but I think that is a time to be disruptive in that you need to, you know, be a little bit more woke. Maybe we can read a few books and educate ourselves. And then we're able to make that statement. But that also separates from who has a publicist and who doesn't. Because right. you get that call talking about, I need you for crisis and crisis only. Okay. But that's where it comes in where it's like, I haven't been with you for so many years to know you, what you stand for, who you are. I'm just drafting up some stuff. You know what I mean? But right. I it goes into you know, how the relationship you have with your team. And then some stuff is not recoverable. So that's another thing too. Uh Uh, So when they'll, when they'll think, you know, oh yeah, I got this statement, it's cute. 
that PR firm might have just wrote that for you to collect that check and that you needed a statement out. Um, but some stuff, you know, you cannot recover from um, in a, just a statement. I'll say that in just a statement. So okay, it, it, depends. it depends, you know, though, those that don't have a publicist probably pick up that phone and call crisis real quick. Those that do probably read their statements over with their publicist and hopefully trusted them, you know, to be a little bit disruptive in it. But others that may not have that experience of maybe having a black publicist or someone that doesn't look like them on their team probably sat down and said, hey, girl, let's talk. You know, let's get this statement out. And because they have had the either the same privileges or same experiences within this country, they weren't conscious enough to think that it's time to step out a little bit more and do something consistently going forward that fights white supremacy, that fights, you know, inclusion within the workplace and just things of that nature. So it depends. Okay. And I hate that saying really... No, no, I, I feel that. I mean, it's honest and I wanted to have an honest conversation. I yeah. want to hear that there are multiple different sides. You can never really quote unquote get it right. We are constantly keeping yeah. the triangle. What offends one black person may not offend another. It doesn't mean that you denounce what offended the person it just yeah. means that you it's like the age old thing i always have to say is i hate the apology of like i'm sorry if i offended you Ooh. i hate that don't explain your intentions it's wrong I, I don't give a fuck if you if you if you what your intentions yeah. were it pissed me off i'm offended yeah. i'm upset i'm sorry tell me you're sorry that you upset me because clearly that already happened it's not an if i'm telling you it happened so there's no you don't have to guess if I'm offended and tell me what your intentions were. If you upset me, say you're sorry you upset me. Let's move forward. If it's possible. And with that being said, I definitely want to get into the stuff that has gone on with um, the Vanderpump Rules drama. Yeah. Earlier in the week, I reached out to Donovan to get his take on the apologies that came out from Stassi and Kristen, he, I, I, to my knowledge, you don't watch, right? I don't actually. And I don't know who Vanderpump is, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> okay. I, I frankly, I frankly only watch the black people. I'm so sorry, but no, I, I understand. I mean, to be completely fair, I always tell our, my white listeners, you know, you need to watch the black franchises. And I do tell my, even my black friends, don't need to watch the other ones. We, I, I do. It's fun to watch bridge white people yell at each other. I'm sorry. It is. It's just, it, it is. is. It's fun to watch them yell at each other and not at you. So mm -hmm. I like to do that. However, I can see right now why it feels sometimes a little, it feels sometimes stressful because sometimes even it I is. watch and I'm like, I'm now confronted with things that I did not expect to be confronted with yeah. uh, or be triggered by while I'm trying to relax and drink my Chardonnay. Um, okay. Here I am mad that this person is Wearing black face on my, the house of New York. And I'm like, I wasn't expecting this. No one told me. No one warned me. So I can also understand, especially for people of color, why sometimes watching the non-black franchises and the non-POC um, shows, it's like, okay. Um, I never know what yeah. I'm going to get, though. And no one wants to do that in their spare relaxation time. So I understand. Um, yeah. Well, that I definitely turned on Jersey when Teresa was going through that stuff. So I definitely turned oh, on yeah. And then I'm definitely watching. Right, right. I'm definitely watching Beverly Hills because my girl Garcelle is on there. Y'all don't think they did that for that exact reason. You are sorely mistaken. Very mistaken. But it's okay. We're going to support her. I'm capable of being. I'm capable of being tokened. I'm sorry. I just am. You can throw Garcelle on there. I will fuss about it, and I'm still going to watch. I love her. So and she's kicking butt. So it makes sense. She is. 
because she's had so, a very upstanding career. But go ahead, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> girl, please. You um, she's a queen. <laughs> so she's never at the parties because she's like, girl, I'm working. Working? Oh my gosh! <laughs> what? What a phenomenon! You know, uh, a, a job. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's 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 get into. Yeah. The Vanderpump rules of it all. I sent him the statements from Saucy and Kristen, everyone, and I had him tell me before I commented on it, before I even put it on my stories, I really saw a difference in the two statements. One felt very much so like it was done by itself. It felt a little bit more raw, but it also felt um, like it didn't, it didn't have much it felt like there were mistakes in it, but it felt like it was sincere. And I mm-hmm. noticed it off the bat. Did I accept it? No. But okay. I noticed off the bat that there was a difference in the two statements. And the other one felt very produced. Yeah. Like under a time crunch and with a PR team. And for what you're saying, there being like, you know, two, there are people who some don't have and some do have. Mm-hmm. I actually feel like I do believe Kristen did not have one. And it does, I know for a fact Stassi did does did have a PR team. They dropped her this week. So we'll get into that. Wow. In a wow. But I was like, I need to know from this person who does not watch, who doesn't really know who these people are. I gave him right. no names so that he like couldn't look it up or anything. I just I couldn't. tell me your thoughts on these two statements. Which one feels produced and which one doesn't? And guys, the information that he gave me was just so great. And so in depth that I had him on the podcast because all I was looking for was a reason to tell Stassi to go fuck herself. That's all I wanted to do. I was like, (laughs) I wanted to be able to put on my stories. Right. Fuck this bitch. And And I think I affirmed it. I think I affirmed it. Yes. And you did. And I needed someone to tell me it was as produced as I thought. Right. So I could say that and feel comfortable. And he did. So I didn't want to rob people, though, of the material that he gave me. So that is what. We are going to get into. So the story of what happened here. Yes, please, all of you, of course, know who Vanna Pump is. She is one of the former Red Hoffers of Beverly Hills. Her name is Lisa I know that. Vanderpump. I know that. She has her show. She's uh, noticeably an, an enemy of our girl Nene Leakes. She uh, is. For some reasons that are, I would love to have another conversation with you about one day. Jealousy. Okay. It seems as if. Lisa Vanderpump has her own show. It's called Vanderpump Rules. It's about very thirsty, young, poor waitstaff in West Hollywood and in LA that want to be actors, writers, you know, um, artists, singers. And they also, of course, have to work as waitstaff because they're trying to make their dreams come true. Yeah. They're from all over the world. So, or all over the country, rather. And so they were all friends, but very dramatic, but very incestuous. They all slept with each other within that friend group and stuff like that. So naturally, they get a show. It was very much the hills, but not nearly as scripted. It was like they were messy on their own, mm-hmm. and people really attracted to that. It's old. It's, this is their ninth season coming up um, that they're probably going to film for in the fall. So it's long. It's been on for a long time, and they went from nobodies to blown up no one has to work at the, show, at the restaurant really anymore. All of them own homes, have multiple businesses, mm-hmm. make great money off the show. You know, they're buying like million dollar homes in the Valley because of it. Like they are big. The show is huge. It has tanked a little bit to me in ratings and in content, but overall the presence of the show has become something that no one saw coming and that is now it seems unsustainable by Bravo. That being said, they had 
a princess of this, not even just this show, of pretty much of Bravo. And it was this girl, Stassi. Not because she was, and I've worked this out with someone today. It seems as if Stassi was branded as though she was horrible and very bitchy, like naturally on the show. Mm -hmm. People loved her because her boyfriend cheated on her very early on in the, the series. So we instantly formed a empathetic connection with her. And then it felt like, you know, she could be humble sometimes, even when she was bitchy. We constantly just wanted her to win and we wanted to see that, you know, she could be happy. So people formed a very big cult following around her. She got book deals, uh, mm. a very big best-selling book. She got, she has a very big podcast that has now been taken down and I'll explain why. She has gone around the world doing uh, shows um, for the podcast, like big live shows huge shows produced um she's now engaged she was bought a very expensive home very nice big home um and this was all before everything that's happened this week she was even going to get a, a some kind of a special or even a spinoff for her wedding that she just got engaged and they were going to do it in italy before covid happened you oh, know? Wow. this was a big deal she was a very big deal they put a lot of money behind her in the last few years one of her very best friends her name is Kristen, also on the show, did some wine and other ventures with her. Okay. They are very good friends. There's another, there's a third girl. Her name is Katie. They're like, they're called, you know, the witches. You know, there are three of them and they're not the nicest girls. That's kind of what the brand is built on, right? They have mm -hmm. this guy in the group. His name is Jax. Jax is the ex-boyfriend of Stassi. He cheated on Stassi with her best friend, Kristen, at one point in time. Okay, and yes, we all saw it play out. Old, old Vanderpump Rules days are lit. Great show. Um, she is hot, okay. <laughs> yes, Jax, never faithful, never proclaimed to be faithful. We've seen him cheat on multiple girls on the show. We've seen him do multiple mm -hmm. shady things, lie his ass off. He then finds a girl named Brittany from Kentucky who is like this sweet Southern belle, talks in an accent that I don't really trust or believe to be real, and mm. acts like this guy is purple, and she poops rainbows and butterflies, <laughs> and she is Disney, Disney, Disney. I just love princesses and Disney. I want to mm. get married at Disney, and I loved it. And it's always something real sketchy to me when adults like Disney that much, like as much as kids they don't even have. Yeah. I'm just like, ooh, something there is. Cool. I agree. Maybe. <laughs> like, it's one thing if you enjoy it. It's one thing if you enjoy it with your kids. It's another thing when you enjoy it by yourself. By yourself. It's a little, I'm questioning you, girl. But anyways, <laughs> needless to say, the everyone in the group has formulated this love and rallied behind this girl named Brittany. They love her. She's sweet as hell. They think that she is going to be able to change this player, Jax, right? This villain. He's always been the villain. They think she is going to change him and revitalize him. And he, she does, for the most part. Until he cheats on her and everyone finds out and it was with this woman named Faith Stowers who happens to be black. Yeah. So she he cheats on her with Faith. Faith records him dogging out his girlfriend and saying wow. all these mean things about her. That is what starts this thing. We see it play out on the show. On the show, they show us he being found out, Brittany being upset, everyone letting her know, everyone rallying behind her. I stopped trusting her when she got back with him like, a, like not even a year later. That was really stressful for me. So I was like, oh, she knows exactly what she's getting into. She wants to be on the show. I thought we were ending and it was everything was over. Until mm -hmm. 
we find out, apparently Saucy did a podcast in 2018 on the show Bitch Bible with another white female podcast host, like herself, where she admits that her and Kristen and even Jack and most of the, the, the cast of the show mm. had this plan that Saucy put into play with Kristen to get Faith arrested. Wow. For what? Nothing. But pretty much they decided that, oh, she stole their friend James's jacket. So we're going to get her arrested. So they started putting pictures on the internet of a woman who apparently was, like, I think, a stripper in Las Vegas who was sub- um, um, like a suspect in like drugging men and stealing money. Doesn't look anything like Faith at all. But they started putting out this girl's pictures, her, her pictures, and was like, look at this woman, you know, drugging people and doing all these things. It, doesn't this look like a certain Vanderpump Rules cast star, uh, a.k.a. Faith? Yeah, she's even wearing our friend's jacket in the picture, and he would like it back. It was not the jacket. It was a different jacket, by the way. Um, okay. Everything that they alleged was false. Apparently, they also tried, they said the police didn't give a fuck, so they had to call, they tried to call the military police. Wow. And say that she was AWOL, which is a very serious offense when you're absent without leave. You that are very, very seriously, you know, taken. And, and when you're black, it's worse. Hello. <laughs> do not fucking play. So yeah. they, she was not. She was honorably discharged. So she was not AWOL. That needs to be known. Um, cool. All these things were happening. There, it, the thing was, on this podcast, Stassi was giving off an air of persistence and excitement to get this woman arrested. We as black people know the biggest thing you can do to someone short of legitimately killing them is putting them in the hands of the police, especially if they did not do something. That is not just to say because we know the police could kill them. It's possible, we've seen it. However, the system itself is fucked up, especially against people of color, especially against black people. So doing that, putting them in the system changes their whole life they might not ever be able to vote again which is kind of the point they might not you know be able to ever get a job again like they could get unfairly sentenced there are so many things about putting them in the legal system that are just not fair and to be honest sadly that's if they even make it that far so doing this this is like the fear of every black mother's like any of her sleeps right as yeah. a kid doesn't even be able to stay out of trouble, is in and out of the system and can't get the life on track. So this right. is, to us, most black people who heard this story were triggered. We were like, I'm sorry, you did what? You tried to call the police how many times? You called the military police to try to get this girl arrested for something that she did not even do? It was very triggering. And so that being said, though this podcast happened in 2018, we're finding out about it now because Stassi put out a force a statement saying that she needed to listen and learn and stand with Black Lives Matter and Blackout Tuesday. Mm. So obviously, the girls in the comments were like, oh, you do? Very much like Leah Michelle. They were like, oh, you stand... Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe you've forgotten that time you called the cops on a Black girl because she slept with a man that you weren't even dating, but the only person in the entire group that you've called the cops on for sleeping with Jack Taylor is this black girl. When other people have slept with this man, by the way, and you're including your own best friend who did this with you. There was, you know, statements of Lala, one of the other girls in the cast, putting stuff around the house so that Faith could try to steal it or 
you know, Jack's wow. pointing out that she's a thief. Like they worked really hard as a collective to get this girl taken down for something she did not really do simply because they did not like her, but did not understand the racial implications of it because they didn't have to. Bravo never made them do it. Bravo never showed them that. They never educated themselves on it. Their parents never did. They never did as adults. They're all, mind you, over the age of 30. Okay, okay. (laughs) First of all, I am very disappointed in these statements if that's all that happened. If all that just happened, this is nowhere near enough. Okay? Okay. So, I'm using why I sent it to you because people were pissed. When this came out, the audio was released of Mm -hmm. the Bitch Bible podcast and what Stassi was saying. You can hear the glee in her voice, the frustration that the cops wouldn't get involved, that they were like, girl, F off. You know, you can hear the persistence, screenshots and stuff had surfaced. You even hear it because Faith went on a, um, like a live with one of the girls from Florida Shore and talked about it. She was like, oh yeah, by the way, there was like that time that they tried to call the cops on me and stuff. Wow. And unfortunately for Black people, we constantly are passive about things that, that the microaggressions that are done against us. We're just like, yeah, girl, like, you know, they said that thing or they we did that thing. All of them, though. I just be like, wait a minute, that was racist. <laughs> I know, no, but we can get mad for her. Listen, yeah, I'm over, can, Faith is can. over here like, it's fine. And I'm over here like, it's not. So yeah, I'll yeah. lead the charge, girl. I know you're over it now. She has a baby. She's calm. She's happy. She had to let it go for her own sanity. And I understand that. But for mine, yeah. I need to be able to do, I'm going to say something about it. Yeah. So that being said, people started calling for the firing of Stassi and Kristen from the show. Or they wanted a statement from both of them. We got the statements. We did not like the statements. I will now read the statements mm-hmm. one by it. one. Get into it. So Kristen says, oh, wait, this might be Stasi's. I think this is Stasi's. Yeah. Racially insensitive comments from my past have resurfaced, period. It is important that I continue to take accountability for what I have said and done while pushing myself to do better. I have grown significantly from the person I was then, and I am still filled with remorse and regret for the hurt I caused. I am grateful for the people in my life that continue to check me and push me to evolve into a more educated person. I also want to address my former castmate, Faith Stowers. My emotions over something that happened between our friends outweighed my logic, and there is no excuse for that. Not an apology. I did not recognize then the serious <laughs> ramifications that uh, could have transpired because of my actions. What I did to Faith was wrong. I apologize and I do not expect forgiveness. I am also sorry to anyone else that feels disappointed in me. I that feels. I am yeah. going to continue to look closer at myself and my actions to take the time to listen, to learn, to take accountability for my own privilege. That is what we got. That is not enough. <laughs> it did not, and especially when we heard that. No, I'm going to say that afterwards. The second statement also okay. comes okay. from Kristen. Yeah. It reads, I have been taking some time to really process what I've been seeing, feeling, and learning. And I need to address something specifically that happened a few years ago with my former castmate, Faith Stowers. Although my actions were not racially driven, I am now completely aware of how my privilege blinded me from the reality of law enforcement's treating treatment of the Black community and how dangerous my actions could have been to her. It was never my intention to add the, to the injustice and imbalance. I'm ashamed, embarrassed, and incredibly sorry. I will do better. I have to do better. That is the girl 
Kristen, who I suspect okay. does not have a PR team, versus the first one is from Stassi, who did have a mm-hmm. PR team that we knew about because she is largely the biggest star of the show. Gotcha. I will say, though I felt more compelled to believe Kristen the second statement, um, simply because I believe that it was not written by someone else. That's all I believe. I don't believe it. doesn't sound like anything. it, but that yeah. middle sentence, that middle sentence, I am now completely aware of my privilege has blinded me. That was, whoa, that's like communication. Uh, that, that gets, she gets points for that. A little bit of points for that's that. That's what I thought. Yeah, I'm she like, does. okay, she, she addressed does. things, especially without a PR team, that made me think she actually might have done, so she might have listened to somebody. Because yeah. she didn't necessarily yeah. say things that I would tell her to say them or I would mm-hmm. try to educate her. If I was her quote-unquote black friend, I would try to educate her on right. those things. Right. Like, you need to know what happens with the black community when they're in the hands of the police. You need to know what fear it puts and how we don't think we're getting off. Mm-hmm. We don't know if we're going to get a fair shake, let alone, you know, just an unfair thing. Like, what if they really book the people who have been booked for a lot less? I'm just saying. Very true. For a and long time. There are people who are long time, yeah. like for crimes they didn't commit. Exactly. Kardashian's whole thing right now is getting people off for stuff they either didn't do or they were over-sentenced for. Exactly. So, you don't know the fear that this girl could have had if she really was in the hands of police custody. So for Kristen to address that without having a PR team, let me know that she must have either asked somebody or did some work on her own. She that pulled it somebody black. I'm just saying. No, right. it <laughs> she, she, she pulled the room. Yes, I will yes. say, though, where my eye roll stopped with Stassi and my semi-thumbs up went with Kristen, where that stopped was when I found out that, she, that neither of them had apologized to Faith. Oh, yeah. That's the first step. Oh. That's the first Donovan. step. <laughs> we got we to gotta realize what happened and apologize. But the like, thing they is, apologized to us to her. Yeah, no. Nah, I don't work. Girl, text her. You mm-hmm. obviously had enough of her information to call the cops. Why didn't you call her? Exactly. exactly. I don't care if she blocked you. Write an email. A text message. In something. fact... I'm not a PR person, but I would have made that their first move so that I could put in the statement. I have reached out to yes, Faith yes. To, you know, to apologize. And I am open to having a conversation or I'm open mm-hmm. to figuring out ways to fix this. I'm like, where is the plan? Where is yeah. the motion? I want yeah. to know you reached out to this poor woman whose life you tried to ruin at the very least. Like that's like the smallest thing you tried to do. Exactly. And the thing is, you know, we have, the, I know somebody knows someone that could have gotten in touch with her with this information and she Hello. Not, and Faith did not have to read it. But my, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, the one that starts off with racially insensitive comments from my past have resurfaced. Who was that? That's, That's Stassi with the PR team. Yeah, that that was not done well, honey. That wasn't done well. <laughs> um, that's what I read. That's a I bad thing. able to put on the stories. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, right. I don't, that don't have the subject. I'm able to say you can kiss my whole ass, because you told me that it was not the right one. Yeah. I said no. That's not the statement that we need to be making. Yeah, I think the second one, Stassi and Chris, the Kristen's was much better, but needed a little bit more. So she needed some more because what's the name? Uh, Stassi had a lot more in hers, and some stuff was, was redundant. But like, I need a little bit more. I need. I'm sorry at the top of the statement. You know what I mean? Like for um, Kristen, but Stassi's child. I that's someone that came in. I, I to my knowledge and experience, 
someone that came in and said, let me write this up for you. And it's going to be good because it feels overworked. You know what I mean? It feels like that. It doesn't feel authentic to her. You know what I mean? Um, so I just think that that, and she didn't apologize. Like you said, the, the letters, I am sorry. Like that needs to be in there with not to, if, but who I'm sorry. I know I offended this person. You know what I mean? I know I offended and, and her and maybe ruined and almost ruined someone's life that needs to be in there. But that, that, this kind of stuff for me as a publicist, if that was my client is unrecoverable. And that's a Mm. word, but (laughs) you cannot, for me, you can't recover from this. Number one, being a black man, I can't let this slide and you continue to be my client. I need to hand you the new Jim Crow and call it a day. Like peace. You're out of your contract go away. You know what I mean? Pay your retainer for the month, go away. Like I can no longer serve you in any way because of your past actions. But not and not saying this is the job of all publicists, but now especially we have to be honest, open and transparent with what we've done. Uh, I think we talked about a lawyer not too long ago, um, somewhere about it, where you need to tell me the honest truth as if, you know, you're in court and about to get sentenced. So if you made some racially stuff comments on Twitter, if you know, you need to tell me up front and we can get that NDA signed. Okay. We can get that so that that isn't brought up, that isn't brought out by me, but we need to get that in place. Because if something comes up that I am not aware of, that I cannot protect you and communicate you from, I'm doing a disservice to you. But it's not my fault. You know what I mean? Because you didn't let me know. Yeah. So I, I completely understand. I mean, I think that what we're noticing now is the aftermath. So yeah, they both have been fired from the show, along with two very new castmates who were just there a season. So we don't know much about them, except mm-hmm. for the fact that I guess in 20. I don't know, a few years ago when they were younger, quote unquote, because that's the excuse that they use. They use the N-word and stuff on Twitter, which to me, it was the easiest thing for us to find as a Bravo-like world. So in my opinion, producers could have found this just as easily and not passed them or yeah. been like, hey, boo, scrub it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. scrub it. Like, yeah. no yeah. one knows who you are right now. Maybe 215 people out of the whole world have ever seen this from you. Doubt anyone has screenshot it. Scrub it now. Don't ever use it again. It's bad. Okay? Got right. it. To but then, it add the education on top of it. Because right. exactly. we know we blew out the fire and that's it. Like, we need to make sure we don't start it again. So oh, I need to have the book at the been... same time and read this. Don't say that word again. And call it a day. You can still be my client unless, you know, you do your homework. Because that's part of the work, too, is that I'm, I can't do everything for you. You know what I mean? Most that's a very good point. Right. I'm here to enhance. I'm here to help. I'm here to advance. I'm here to maintain. If nothing was built there in the first place, I can't do my job. So when public- I okay. completely understand that because yeah. what's happening now is the four of them have been fired from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, what ended up happening, though, was though we're shocked that they even took some kind of action, we feel that Bravo just wanted to make an example out of these people. Not Bravo. necessarily that, to me, I don't always think that firing is the best idea because mm-hmm. I can't now hold you accountable for anything else. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, it's not that I don't think that they deserve to be fired. And in, in fact, in a lot of ways, I think the whole show needs to be canceled because so much was allowed to happen that emboldened this action. Like, y'all knew, y'all could have known this happened and done something in 2017, 2018 when this happened. 
You didn't do it then. Also, Stassi has put on her own podcast. She talked about the whole Oscar so white movement. And mm-hmm. she was like, why is Black Lives Matter like even like a thing? Like, why is it thrown in front of me? Like, who cares? I just want to watch the Oscars. Like, very much so questioning oh. why back. Uh-huh. And what how many years ago was Oscar so white? Right. Oh my God. My point is, y'all knew. Y'all allow y'all emboldened. You got rid of faith instead of getting rid of Stassi. You got right. rid of faith instead of getting this girl together. You didn't right. let Faith come on the show and tell her story. And yeah, like that. yeah. And That's not to say that she should have, mm-hmm. not to say that she could have turned you down because I wouldn't want her to be set up either. I don't want it to feel like a setup where this girl, you know, is now in on TV and she's now amongst all these white people that are like, uh-uh, we're not racist, we're not racist. And she's like, okay. Like, I don't want to put people in that position either. But still, you didn't even give her that option. You kept getting rid of the people instead of getting rid of the problem. Right. So the issue, though, is you had all this time to address her before. And you did it. In fact, you did the opposite. You grew her bigger. You made her your little darling. So, mm-hmm. excuse us if we don't find this to be enough. And you just made an example out of her when you still don't diversify shows. You don't get rid of things that, you know, people who make problematic comments on TV and stuff. And we'll get into um, some other controversies on Bravo in a second that the people submitted. But now they've all been dropped from the show. What producers let this happen? Oh, honey, that's another topic that I'm like. Media, I'm looking at so sideways. Like, yeah, you knew this was going on, and you didn't do anything. Like, so why? I'm not gonna feel vindicated now. I'm not gonna feel better and let up all Mm -hmm. now that she's gone. When you let so many other problematic things from this girl and others, right? She's not the only one. She's not. So. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, good, awesome, good on you. Shut down the whole show. How about that? I, I think so. Um, it needs to happen. Additionally, she was dropped by her PR team. Like, probably within a day or two after this statement was out. Her mm-hmm. PR team, that her publicist apparently has been with her since the beginning, I've heard. Okay. Like, since she started the show. And this, I guess, the firm told said publicist girl yeah. we are out of fire extinguishers there's right. too many with this girl it's unrecoverable. We, we can't come back from that. Stuff. so yeah. yeah my question was is what is where is our we shut down production with you like where is our cutoff when after a statement or something what could make your team or even you as a publicist be like you know what i can't i just can't no more yeah, and this is what it comes in with being black or just being minority or just understanding the experience because have you learned from the situation? I remember being in a crisis class uh, about PR within an agency, so not within school, but we talked about the BP situation as far as gasoline going in the water, the oceans and things like that. And it's like, these things you need to, of course, write statements and things like that, but can we recover? That needs to be a part of the crisis strategy and either taking on the client and working with the client. Is this recoverable for us? So not only uphold the credibility of the agency, because then you're going to look at us too, like y'all wrote that. Um, I may not hire you. You're going to taint that image as well. So I, I tend to think like, you know, what parts of this crisis strategy are we coming up with? And then how can we kind of move forward in that I have to always ask, is it recoverable? But if you also did not tell me, I have an issue. (laughs) To me, it's also feeling if you're not willing to learn. Because it seems like whatever happened, 
this girl was more concerned about all her brands dropping out. Oh, and yes, honey, every single brand dropped out. Like right. everyone. All right. the girls are dropping like flies. And her podcast network, which of course aired the episodes, took yeah. the episodes down. They took her entire show off. Yeah. Apple, it's nowhere to be found. Like yeah. it is scrubbed. And so she lost it all. But I think even the publicist was like, maybe we don't just want you to be concerned about the brands or you're going to make this mistake again and we're going to have to put it out again. And okay. we don't want to have to put it out again. Because I think constantly back to there is the former bachelorette, Hannah Brown, who is a white woman from Alabama. Who, she gave us our favorite, Mike Johnson, who we wanted to be the first black bachelor and they did yeah. not give us that. Yeah. She recently... Um, and I don't think she even has a publicist because she even said she doesn't even think she's actually famous. And I'm like, girl, you are. Oh, um, that's so a clear you're accountable. <laughs> but she mistakenly uh, slipped up and used the N-word when she was doing a TikTok challenge with one of the songs and stuff that TikTok, I think, does on purpose to like slip people up. But, <laughs> um, and that's another conversation for another day about how TikTok is actually a whole is. problematic field. It but is. She, uh, you slipped it up and used the word that she went on the defense and she was like, I didn't say it. And we were like, girl, you said it. And then she was like, oh my God, I said it. So she went quiet and dark for like two weeks. And then she came back and gave an apology. And let me tell you the difference, honey. You're going to be like, I know you're going to just snap. So you're going to start snapping. No words. Fresh face. IGTV. Not tears, but there. Like she, or her face is yeah. on the camera. Mm -hmm. And she starts off with her apology and uses the words like, I'm sorry. Not if she's, I'm sorry that I used it. She talked about her educational strategy and what she did for the last two weeks. She talked about how she reached out to certain people and they were like, girl, it's not our job to tell you about this. Like you should know better. And yeah. she was like, they're right. It's not their job. She listed, she gave in-text citation about what, specific avenues she used to learn. She was like, I listened to this video by Ta-Nehisi Coates. I read this article mm -hmm. by so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And I encourage other people to listen to it. I listened to this talk about what happens when a white person says the N-word, even in front of people of color, you know, who use it or whatever, like what the damage is and how their intentions are never known. So it creates a system of distrust and insecurity and the people of color around them of what were they meaning by that? Like it creates a situation that's unfair for anyone who you consider a friend. She talked about what she learned. She then was like, yo, fellow white people who love me, don't defend my actions yeah. as a sign of your fandom for me. Learn with me. We need to do better. I'm committed to doing better. So come with me as a fan. Don't go in my comments and tell other people why what I did wasn't wrong, because it was. So don't defend my action as a sign of loyalty to me. Grow with me if you love me. And this apology is for people of color. And people of color responded pretty well, because they were like, girl, this apology is for no one else but us. Right. talking to us. Yeah. And we yeah. feel it. We, I felt it. I was like, oh, she did this on her own. She was like, I have a note card. She even said, like, I have a list of words here, and it's not a written apology. I promise. It's mm -hmm. just I wanted to make sure I remember everything that I felt yeah. about. And I'm yeah. like, okay, okay, authentic. Yeah, no okay, right. Screen, no right. notes app, no fancy colors and lettering. Mm -hmm. Like she was herself. It wasn't cute it, because what happened wasn't cute. 
She right. apologized for betrayal. She apologized for disappointment. She apologized for not knowing and promised to learn better, promised to continue to listen and to educate herself. So there was action. There was an I'm sorry. There was an explanation. There was in-text citation. And okay, okay. <laughs> exactly. So that's like her work. Person, her work. would be like, oh, I'll work with you. Yeah. You want to you do better. Yeah. And it, you know what? That's the thing because actually a lot have recovered from saying the n-word and i don't i don't i'm not the cancel police you know what i'm saying i work on the other Me side neither. and i listen yeah. and you and i you work against canceling people exactly. and i am an educator exactly. <laughs> so naturally my job is to think anyone can learn if they choose to and right. i put it on a shirt if you choose to Exactly. Like, I firmly believe that, but I believe humans have the capability to learn and grow should they want to. So we obviously are on a different side of cancel culture. You would be out yeah. of a job and I wouldn't be. I would. Here, so. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would be. But you have to do your own research. And that's what that girl did. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the movements, like small things that we've seen on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm not calling black people out everyone in general needs to do their own research because Twitter cannot be our only source for news. Hello. So you know, we all... girls, some of us don't even know our own history. We don't even exactly. know how we offended. And exactly. to be honest, that's no, that's no shade to either black or white people or other people of color. When did you learn it? Because it wasn't taught in my history class. I know it wasn't taught in yours. So we it's not your fault. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault you don't know. So right. Right. I want, but I'm saying no longer can we use it as an excuse. This should be our open door policy to Correct. all the education that we can have. The 13th, by the way, which is um on usually on Netflix, yeah. uh, by I think is, is it Ava DuVernay? I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Ava, Ava DuVernay. She, yes, Ava DuVernay. She is now. It is now free for people on YouTube, so people can watch it. They want you to educate. There's not no excuse. Y'all already on people's Netflixes and whatnot, so now you can watch. Um, I believe. So is when they see us. It's also yes, for free now. Yeah, the Central Park Five is free. Yes. So now we can educate ourselves about the system and implicit yes. bias and yes. things like that. And that's very important. So that being said, it is possible mm -hmm. to be able to release a statement that you could possibly recover from because I'm I, I hate to tell people, especially who love Vanderpump Rules this. Quite frankly, this with Stassi and Kristen was not unrecoverable to me. If what Hannah did was not considered unrecoverable, yeah, which is to me way worse. I mean, you went straight for the gut stuff. Okay, you went. <laughs> you passed all the lines of implication, implicit bias, the system. You went straight to derogatory slur, like <laughs> straight to the top. So. If we can listen to that apology, and though some people did not accept it, and to be honest, girl, that is completely your prerogative. I'm not judging Ooh, you. In the is. same way, people are like, "Well, Stassi and Kristen apologize," and I'm like, "I don't get, I don't care. Like, I fully don't give a fuck. So I don't care. That's not for me. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to accept it or not. But if she can do that, there was possibilities here. And then we get this fantastic statement from Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah, and I was reading that. Ooh, I gave yeah. it to you. I give me a headache, people. And I want you to just, just, and I want you to try and in ten words or less tell Lisa where she can go put it. I'm just saying. Um. <laughs> okay, so it reads: Over the past two weeks, many things have been brought to my attention. Brought to your attention, girl. It's your show. 
you are the Ooh. executive producer, your name is on the door. Just saying. On the building. And it's your restaurant. Just yeah. saying. They yeah. were all your employees. Your name is on the marquee. Get into Hello. it. <laughs> of which I and many others were previously unaware. It was necessary for me to be quiet until uh, until now. Until decisions had been made. I hate now it. I can freely speak from the heart. As we've seen such devastating sadness that has played out globally, we all have a part to play to create a kinder, more just society. My hope is for this generation to treat each other with respect and humanity and realize that actions have and should have consequences. I love and adore our employees and I am deeply saddened by some of the lack of judgment that has been displayed. As many of you know, after watching me for 10 years, I've always been an equal rights activist and ally. I've seen you hold host pride for five years and host a bunch of dog benefits. That's not the same thing, but okay. My family, my businesses, and I condemn all forms of cruelty, racism, homophobia, bigotry, and unequal treatment. We've never tolerated it in the workplace or our lives. While you only see a fraction of our employees on the show, a specific friend group across all of our companies, we have always been a very diverse group of people, every color, ethnicity, and sexual orientation. Most of our employees have worked for us for over a decade. Doesn't mean they wanted to or were in the right conditions. Or and some- we have become a family, <laughs> one that embraces and celebrates each other's differences. I am proud of the inclusive company that we've created. We will continue to embrace diversity as one of our greatest strengths. And I'm excited to give you a deeper look into the multifaceted fabric of our company in the future. The world needs to move forward with a kinder generation. So we can't use the generations we already have? Okay. Everybody deserves to feel safe, heard, and appreciated in their communities. So much of what has transpired in the world is not right, fair, or acceptable. We all have work to do. So to create a society we can be proud of. And I hope as we venture forward, we strive to live in a world where kindness and compassion are our highest values. Thank you for listening. Love, Lisa. And my favorite comment is someone says, what does this even fucking say? Right, right. <laughs> and I don't know. Barry from everyone's business, but mine just comments. Yeah. Okay. I felt that. <laughs> I felt I felt K more than the whole paragraph statement. Hello. Uh, I was just like, okay, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard all lives matter, all lives matter, all lives matter, like throughout the whole statement. And, and it's I, not my fault. Okay. It's not my fault because I hire them. Okay, that's half the battle. It's actually not. It is not just about hiring diverse people. It's not just about having diverse friend groups. It's about being not an asshole when you're there. (laughs) Making sure people feel safe around you because who wants to come to work and hate their job? Like, what is this? Do you hate your job every way to go? Every day. Do you feel like you have to question who you are? That someone's going to question who you are? That someone's going to debate your life? If someone's going to infiltrate your space physically, ask to touch your hair, ask to b- touch your skin, rub your hair for good luck, so you have such flawless skin. Like, do you have to do this every day? Like, I'm sorry, because I don't mean to consistently go on this tangent, but it is not enough to just hire and be friends. It is literally, are you making the life of other humans harder? 
Yeah. Why? Stop it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, just don't do it. Like, don't make people's lives harder. Period. I just have to be like, what do you, I have to ask sometimes, what are you doing to fight white supremacy? That makes my life harder. You know what I mean? Like it's not about the fact that you want to fight for all equal causes, honey. In yeah. America, there's a system. There's a hierarchy. We are not an equal place. So though you want to love and life everything, we ain't there. <laughs> we not. You can't fight racism with love and light. And if you have this platform, I think at the moment, you need to get to education. Before we can all live in Kumbaya, we need to educate what has happened and stop acting like it did not happen. Very true. Stop it. No yeah. other nation does this. No other nation has to erase an entire part of their history faction ever. I, Who does this? Like, don't act like they just, like, we're just supposed to act like nothing happened because you have a good heart. We have no problems. The sweep under the rug is what I don't like because, like, when we talked earlier about, like, it's not anybody's fault that we don't know our, our history. We have as black people have had to learn it because it makes up who we are and our experience. That's what right. So your turn. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm saying like it's your turn. Like it's everybody else's turn to also learn. Like catch exactly. up, girl. We got catching up to do. So just like I had to educate myself, you have to do the same. You know what I mean? And then in this statement, the first two paragraphs can be thrown away. <laughs> like honestly, the first to me, all of it, everything before oh, Lisa oh, can be thrown really away. Know. Even Lisa can go on and go somewhere. Like <laughs> I'm over it. I think the whole show has now been damaged. There are fires everywhere on this whole network. Absolutely. But this show is a trash box. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it's it. not cute no more. So, and it's sad. It was once one of my favorite shows. I'm probably still going to cover the reunion. You know, just equal it out and oh, yeah. remind y'all it's trash. But. <laughs> It's trash. Like the whole thing is bad. And if I had, if I had the time, Donovan, I would tell you about the transphobia that's gone on, the mm. homophobia that's gone on. I'm not like, right. It, please, it's it, trash. Like the whole thing is just gone. Like we just need to let it go. We need to let it out to pasture and just put it out of its misery and just like you know throw it on in the li- in the river and just let it go because it's now unrecoverable to me. And we're making that a word. So. Lisa and this statement is is just you definitely don't think a PR person wrote this right because it's just absolutely that ridiculous. Not. Absolutely not. Like yeah, the, no. Even some of the grammar is not on point. Yeah, so. it was very yeah. much like let's take no accountability, but also no responsibility. But which it, makes oh, I like that. I like that. Zero sense because no accountability, like, no responsibility. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> I feel like even a PR person would have looked at her and been like, okay, well, you can't say you were unaware because people are going to say, girl, your name is on the door. Right. It's in the credits. Yeah. You're on the show. You are the executive producer. And beyond when these people are filming, you're their boss when they're at your restaurant. Okay. How did you not know? You knew. She ignored it. You needed to know. She ignored it, which was important. Maybe you need to have a little bit more investing investment in your own businesses and your own ventures. Just saying. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, Ooh, really, so... I really did not like any of this statement. And I agree. The show, I, I know the show's been around for so long. So something right. needs to be gone. So and I mean, remember, this only really came back to light because each of these people decided to post something about Black Lives Matter following this. Yeah. Thing, which yeah. is why my last question for Vanderpump Rules before we move it to other stuff is mm-hmm. what would you tell your clients to they need to post something and or would you only do it 
if it was authentic to like their brand like what what is more of a risk here than posting something and people being like oh girl I know you need to put it away but I guess that would also lead into what you were saying about how if they did not tell you what they've done or things that have happened in the past you would be like oh no we we can't work this out because if they post something, is that more important to follow the trend versus them not posting something and everyone being like, why didn't you post anything? Yeah, I, I, you know, that's a very interesting question because I look at the brands that haven't said anything and I'm just like, I'm actually more mad at them than those that haven't jumped on the trend because I'm hoping the trend wakes some consciousness up in people to do their own research, to start reading, to start understanding the history and the privilege that they stand on. So I encourage everyone to make a statement and move forward um, with actionable items that's going to continue on the month of June when this is not a trend before. Um, actionable is on, items. Yes, yes. And Juneteenth is on Friday. So please do not try it. This Friday, next Friday oh, coming yeah. up. June 19th, y'all know about June, it. Yes. Juneteenth is coming up. If you do not know what that is, let's definitely start there. Yeah. Your beloved Abraham Lincoln who abolished slavery. Ho, oh, honey, you would love to know when that actually happened. Oh, I yes. just think that we need, and you know what? I will say this. So people feel more comfortable going to educate themselves. I did not learn about what Juneteenth was probably until I was 17, I 16. Yeah. I was older, so I was, too. I was in the same boat as everybody else, thinking that, oh, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, and we were all free. Nope. So go learn about Juneteenth. It is yeah. a lovely thing. I am moving back to Atlanta after, especially COVID and stuff is ending, Woo! and they have a wonderful Juneteenth festival, which they're probably going to have this year, but that sounds very pandemic-y to me, so yeah. I will not be involved. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> we're not going to test those, that healthcare any more than it already has been tested. So... I won't be involved, but they have a lovely Juneteenth festival. You should look up where some of those are in your area. And I really would have a grand old time and go if you could, if, you know, or definitely make it a plan for next year. Look up what Juneteenth is, start there. But I agree with you. Actionable items are so important. I'm looking at some of the different um, people who have said stuff. Mm-hmm. We've been like, girl, we're not just saying stuff. We're, we're, we're drawing up plans. We're yeah. having conversations. Open your we're, purse. Okay. Hello. They're like, oh, we're giving money. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love, I keep bringing this up, but DoorDash's CEO, everyone, please go look at their Instagram. He gave like it. a multi bullet pointed list. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm watching the news and I was really angry. And then I realized, oh my God, yeah. I have a billion dollar company. I can do whatever I want. And then oh, okay. he decided to take well, action. Say it again. Say it again. I can okay. do whatever I want. I bullet pointed <laughs> list and what he could do differently as a CEO, what he didn't know, how he can find out and what he can do from here on out. We have seen many, many people have to do that. And they're not black people or they're people of color who are not black or they're non people of color at all. And they're making stances because they know their base is probably also not persons of color. So they're like, let, just let you know, you're the one in the wrong, not us, not the black people that are telling you you're wrong. It's, it's you. Exactly. If you're a racist, know where you're shopping is that, okay? Okay, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my God. So, oh, Lord. we are now going to get into some of the other fun Bravo controversies that have been like, ooh, child, the ghetto. The ghetto. And that'll take us right on out. So, 
you won't know who probably any of these people are. But this right. one's going to make it so much more fun. It is. There's a trend, it seems, that Bravo only holds accountable and, and or fires people if their offenses happen on camera. Because we're seeing that Stassi uh-huh. and Kristen were made examples of, but it yeah. took all this because everything they did was off camera. So obviously they felt no reason to, you know, do any repercussions. And I've often said, Believe it or not, you can be messy on television without being racist. It's crazy. Like, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. It's very easy. <laughs> so we're going to start with a Brandy Redman who was on the Housewives of Dallas. She was um, very pivotal in the uh, critiquing of another woman who was also on her show, who was seemingly racist on camera. Was this but, recent? Was this recent? Yeah, this is pretty recent. Okay. The I know that thing. happened in Dallas before, but yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard issues yeah. in that franchise. Oh, yeah, there's, oh, yeah, there's some, there's some issues. Yeah. The problem is, though, Brandi Redman herself had a video that she put on Twitter, like, maybe a couple years ago, maybe two or three years ago, mm-hmm. um, that was her squinting her eyes and doing a mocking Asian uh, impersonation that was obviously not good and that was it not not good as in it was poorly poor judgment not good as in it was a bad accent so it was poorly executed also and mm. she did it on her own camera but not on the show and it was on twitter and it came up and um, I think she like ended up going to like a racism rehab or something like that. She had a breakdown, but it didn't mm-hmm. cost her her job, as far as we know. Technically, Dallas has not started filming yet, and yeah. they've given us no implication that she has been fired. Mm. Um, so no action has been taken. Bravo has not really said much to condemn it. They've never really spoken about anything on their network that they condemn because for some reason they have a really hard time drawing a line in racism. Right. If you are a PR person, Mm -hmm. what do we do when our Brandy Redman comes out and is like, they're all yelling at me for this video on Twitter and it's circulating again. What do I do instead of defend myself and tell people that it's not bad and not apologize because that's what happened. You think from Bravo stance or from her from Brandy? For, for, for Brandy, because she didn't apologize. She actually went on a crying tour yeah. on her own podcast and was yeah. just like, people are yelling at me and I just mm-hmm. didn't mean it. And I don't know why they're so mean. And it was funny. I like to be a comedian. And I'm yeah. like, oh, girl. <laughs> I think Homegirls needs to do what uh, the Bachelorette did and educate herself. I feel like she's around. She, I'm assuming, but that she surrounds people that enable her to have this ignorance of the comments that she's saying. So that's an education thing. And that's also what I've learned in crisis is that knowing what not to do again, we can communicate, you know, we can do our best and find out what's, um, what's not, you can't come back from it, you know, what's not able to be recovered from, but we can communicate it fine. That's almost not an issue. You need to know what you did was wrong. You know what I mean? So like right. you start at square one and think, this is where the agency comes in and is able to educate their client on these are the things that you did wrong. These are the things that will taint your brand. If you have to put it in a business perspective, we can. You know, these are the things that will taint your brand. Other brands will not want to stand with you because of this. I don't know what's going on with Bravo and why she's not been fired. And I heard this episode is this episode, this franchise is not doing ratings well either. It isn't. 
So yeah, it can honestly just be canceled. But um, yeah. I feel like just the people around you need to uphold in that this will not be tolerated. That's why I asked you what was bra- like Bravo stands because I was just like, wait a minute, this stuff should not be tolerated. Period. Okay, but then mm-hmm. in time, if we're going to kind of keep the same things, maybe every housewife that comes on the show needs to do at least a diversity training. Okay, can we get that at least going through? And the producers net yeah. not to allow you know these comments, even though it makes for great TV, and we can cancel her and talk about her, which is kind of the goal of a lot of things that occurs. You know, we need to stop and be like, okay, hold on, wait a minute. You need to educate yourself. You're speaking. Yes. Your speaking is ignorant, it's offensive, and it's hurting people. And not only that, it's helping others be ignorant too. Like you're showing that it can be comfortable on television. Yes. Which is not exactly. a good look. Which is not, That's a, good not look. a good look. It's bad for business, if you ask me. It's bad for, it is bad for business. Bravo should be calling these people and be like, hey, girl, someone needs to talk to you. Because, yeah. yes, this is bad, but also, this is bad for our pockets. Yeah. We don't pay you to be an ignorant, racist asshole. Because that's the language people understand. You know, when it hurts your pockets, you understand that language more than Yeah, you're, don't <laughs> learn and do better or your job is on the line because this would not be tolerated in a lot of workplaces. Exactly. I want to make three statements very clear before I move on because people will be in my DMs. Uh-oh. One, I do believe in canceling when necessary. I don't like to use cancel culture, but yeah. I do believe certain people, I do believe actions have consequences. I teach the children that. So Period. naturally, Period. I like to give grace where I can give grace, but if I have to call a parent if I have to put you in the timeout, if I have to subtract some some recess time from you, you have to sit and talk with me. We're sitting and we're talking, but things like that sometimes need to happen. Sometimes you do need to be quote unquote canceled. I don't believe anyone's truly going to be canceled. You will always find an audience. The very same day everyone hates you, 10,000 people can love you more because you did what you did. Exactly. So I don't believe you're ever really canceled. This is not the end of Stassi. She will be back in 18 months. I almost can guarantee she will have a Watch What Happens Live episode where she can still talk about herself and mm-hmm. how she's changed in about 18 months to 24 months. So give it two years, she'll be back. Yeah. But also, I don't think that cancel culture is necessary because I believe in education. I don't think we should cancel everyone after one offense. Stassi is multiple offenses. It's different. However, I understand she's been going through a lot. I understand she lost it all. The problem is she wanted this exact same situation on someone else for a matter that had nothing to do with her. That's all I'm saying. That what is she going through? She wanted to put on this girl face. That's a problem for That's me. That's so, right. exactly. And it has nothing to do with her. So, and even if it did, it's ridiculous if she needs mm-hmm. to have some kind of repercussion. So I do not feel bad for her at all. This show is not that proprietary. We will be okay. okay? Oh, <laughs> there are plenty of thirsty waitresses in LA who will love to be on a television show that are probably way more inclusive and probably better, you know, at drama anyway, without being racist. We could find them. It's not hard. Second of all, Bravo has decided to use their amplified black voices, melanated voices, whatever. Every Monday, they're going to air it on Watch What Happens Live with like a, as, a, as a series throughout the month of June. That is a very positive step. Somebody is listening because we were like, girl, this is not enough. Right. You were trying to put it on IG Live and that's it. Oh, I'm sorry. They're not airing it on television. They're airing it on IG Live only. So hopefully we get it on Watch It Happens Live, but they are doing a series of um, talking with Black voices, especially from the Bravo world and about experiences with racism, what people can do, what they're doing, things Mm -hmm. like that. 
Um, also, it includes your girl Elaine for this upcoming Monday. Yes, I love Elaine Welteron. I know you no do. She's on. She, I, I know you do. So yes. she is on um, the watch the the special, the IG Live special this upcoming Monday on Bravo. I love um, for people to see and. Um, I saw, my... I saw uh, Portia. Mm-hmm. I saw um, uh, Tamron Hall on there. I was crying with Candy when she had her um, thing on Watch What Happens Live. I was cry- her segment. I was crying with her. I was just like, I really felt that. But yeah, I've seen some of them, and I love Elaine Lazaro. So yeah, I'll be tuned in. <laughs> okay, great. I completely forgot the third thing, so we're just gonna move on to Phaedra. Um, oh, no. Phaedra Park. Of what course, what she on did. camera, she accused Candy Burris of yeah. attempting to rape Portia or drug her and have uh, non-consensual um, sexual or physical relations with her yeah. and her husband. Um, now, those were the accusations, which also define rape. Um, but she alleged and accused those things, said she was told that by a producer, things like that. Um, very cold to the carpet about it. It was not good. It was false. It was a lie. And no matter what, it was very dangerous, very scary for Portia, very scary for Candy, um, and damaging for Candy. It was done on camera. She was fired. Mm-hmm. Would this be something that you dropped for, from as a as a PR team? Would you be like, uh, uh-uh, girl, we can't we can't see you through this one? Yeah, I have to. I have to. Um... I'm not, I can't, it did able to affect my brand in the sense that why are we still trying to defend Ooh, and um, why are we still trying to defend and, you know, protect this person to come back from a situation where you have to do your own research, but hearsay, oh my goodness. Like it was, so, it was so many checks that like she could have stopped it. She could have put an end to it. You know what happened? And I'm not sure, I'm not sure how the show was formulated it was very linear in how they formulated it. And I didn't know it was like that. Like, cause Candy didn't figure out until the reunion that uh, Phaedra had said that, but yet mm-hmm. watched the episodes before the reunion. So I was a little confused on the timeline, um, but I was just, I can't represent someone that would not only do that, but that would put that in, that would put that in, the, that would come out their mouth. Okay, let's start there. That would come right. out their mouth. Especially in the time, and that was really deep in the time of, and we're still in it of Me Too and Times Up, because it was just like, are are you are you really serious? And it was a whole storyline on the show, which made yeah, which made my skin crawl a little bit more too. Rape like, is not a storyline. She probably should have been fired. With. They probably should have fired her before we even got to the reunion. We if they you should. ask me, they should have. And you don't mess with my girl Candy, first of all. Okay, exactly. Also that Candy is my but, favorite. <laughs> a thousand percent. I don't think that's something that should have even been allowed to be played out. It if y'all, it shouldn't if, have been. if you're gonna let someone tell this woman Portia that her her life would have been in that kind of a danger, her body mm-hmm. would have been that kind of violated, mm-hmm. and you're gonna allow them to say and allege that one of your cast members could possibly have been a racist, the first thing I would have done would been like, what is the truth to this? Right. If that is the case, and our one of our employees is capable of. Sexual assault at the least, rape at the most. Mm-hmm. We have a problem. Yeah, we need to fire somebody. Either he's lying or yeah. maybe if he's doing it. Like, are you kidding? Right, right. And I don't even know how Portia recovered. 
I honestly don't know how she recovered from that. And now, now she is like goddess. Yeah, she she really dusted herself off, and she wasn't the she wasn't the it wasn't all her fault, but because it wasn't, she didn't start this rumor. Yeah. Acted, you know. I know she did not really think that it was true. That there's yeah. no way she thought it was true. She should have not dealt with it if she didn't think it was true. That's I never let I'm it be saying. a storyline as a That's woman. What I'm she has evolved since then, but it is right. different when you did not start the yeah. rumor that someone was a rapist. I would have been. I mean, I don't know their place on in the show and like as being able to, of course, stop the cameras. But I'd be like, I'm not playing this out. I would be like, I'm not playing this out. You know what I mean? As the PR team, I would have been like, I'm not going to let you play this and out. That, I was going to say I that. As my client, as my client I'm going to be saying something. Right. Stop it. Because we're yeah. not going to be able to do this at the reunion. This is not going to go well. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> I really, it really made my skin crawl to see five more episodes after they had that, uh, I think, lunch mm-hmm. meeting outside. But my thing is, I'd be like, okay, as soon as break hit, as soon as you're in your confessional giving your opinion or whatever, I'd be like, uh, we need to stop. This is the time for the statement now, um, you know, to draft up what yeah. we're doing to move forward, the actionable steps we're doing to move forward. And we're not letting this be a part of the storyline. We're not letting it. And I feel like that's where Phaedra's team, if she had a publicist, could have stepped in. I don't know what that contract looks like, but I would have been like, OK, look, Andy, listen. This is even though you know we're here to produce a show, and I think some people forget that as far as this is for entertainment purposes, this is to keep you watching, this is for the dramatic effect. And I'm a fan, I watch it too, trust me, okay. But what I'm saying is, there's a level that we cannot yeah. get to. This is a little beyond, I'm yeah. Not, especially yeah. As a woman, nothing about this was entertaining for me, exactly. I was very much so like, I'm not comfortable. I right. do not enjoy this. No, <laughs> and I, I won't stand for it to let it be played out on this show. <laughs> yeah, no, we all should have done a little bit more. But, you know, Phaedra, you know, she was fired. And yeah. I don't think she's going to be returning because she's now yeah. on marriage boot camp. And usually once you go wee, you don't come back to bar. <laughs> um, so, anyways, moving on to Back to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Leanne, um, she is the woman that Brandy was actively criticizing because she constantly used the term Mexican as an insult against one of her castmates who was Mexican. This, mm-hmm. this woman, Carrie, who is a Mexican um, uh, native, she is uh, from Mexico, lives in Dallas now, obviously still has home and roots in Mexico uh, with her husband, who I believe is also Mexican. And she does not appear any other nationality or any other race. She is still a fair-skinned white woman. And the only difference between her and Leanne, except for Carrie being richer than Leanne, was her her ethnicity, her nationality. So Mm. she... Leanne constantly used it as like a tool against her. She couldn't just call her a bitch. She couldn't just call her rude or anything like that, which Carrie was. So there were a lot of things you could say about her. Leanne opted to not say those things about her and just be like, you got this chirpy Mexican talking to me. And the tone, uh-huh, it would be the tone. It would be the unnecessary use of the word Mexican. Like, girl, we already know that she's Mexican because we went to Mexico. She told us. So we don't need to be reminded. And with such vigor, such venom in her voice. It she, was always, yeah, why was she using it like that? 
Yes, she's always just like you got the Mexican talking to me, and yeah, girl, yeah. I thought you were Mexican and strong. I'm like, when did she once say to us that she was Mexican and strong? What does right. that even mean? Right. Like, she is Mexican. I don't know how much she bench presses, but maybe she's strong. Like, I don't know. Like, it was unnecessary bringing it up, and it was also used in a time and a tone that was meant to be insulting while she was insulting the girl. It was. People it were really upset about her either. Right. People were really upset about it. They called her out and she was fired from the show. Wow. Though she, Bravo let her spin it as if she was not fired and that she mm. chose to part. Mm. We know her new husband is a retired police officer in Dallas, so yeah. he's not making active dollars right now. Okay. And she is older, but she was on a hit TV show that, though it wasn't doing the best, it was still a check. So. Yeah. Would she have just left? Probably not. What is it with Bravo letting women act like they're allowed to spin their own departure? Like, is the, is it more important that they, you know, get the sever the ties, or is it important that they take a stand? Like, yes, they fired her, but they let her say that it was all she, all her doing. Whereas I would have preferred, as a viewer and as a person of color. Even though I'm not Mexican, I would have loved someone to be like, we just don't stand with this racist shit. Mm -hmm. So we're not letting her come back. Like, which is more important to to do the action of the firing and the repercussions or to allow the person to somehow keep their dignity? Like, especially when it comes to something like this. I think I think it's a little bit of both, but I think that Bravo wants to control the narrative. I think they want to have the say in how this plays out. So maybe mm-hmm. it was a producer thing where it was sitting like, you know, this is how we're kind of going to go through this. You're in a contract already. You're already set and doing these next episodes. We filmed portions, you know, that have gone into further episodes and completing the show. And just right this second, maybe firing isn't the thing because when they record, it's not live. You know what I mean? So they got to go back mm-hmm. to all that editing, you know? So I feel like maybe making that statement and announcement being like, she will no longer be going forward. And I think in the past, Bravo has taken people out of shows. I don't think it's been often, but like they've, or I don't know which network it was, but one one network went ahead and went back and edited the person out of the episodes because of whatever said so actions. But I feel like it's twofold. I feel like they want to- Which I think they're actually doing right now, people. I think it's rumored that they're doing it with Beverly Hills. Yeah. um, That they are putting them- because New York is currently on a two-week hiatus, and Beverly okay. Hills is currently on, I think, about a four- or five-week hiatus. I, the days are so blurry to me. But me they're too. not coming back until after July 4th on Beverly Hills. Mm. And I believe it's because of Brandy Glanville being brought back on the show as a friend of who was on there before. We're actually going to move to her next. I know. Um, her. <laughs> and what she said. But I think it's because they want to comb her out. There's rumors that they want to edit her out entirely. Wow. I don't think that's the case because they've already promoted that she's going to be on the show. However, yeah. with everything that's happened, mm-hmm. it's very possible. But I think they want to just comb through and make sure there's no problematic shit right. that right. has been said. Because we heard, even from the ladies of Dallas, the reason why they did not react to Leanne's Mexican comments on screen was because they never thought it was going to make it to air. They all thought that because Leanne has consistently mm. gotten good edits, where I guess other problematic yeah. things that she said have been covered up to the air, they didn't think this was any different. So I would imagine that they've done this before and edited around people before. So I think that either at the least 
they're trying to get make sure that Brandy and every other episode nothing bad is said. Mm-hmm. That they can, you know, they can it could backfire on them, and it's going to take a few weeks to do it. But at the most, they might be trying to edit Brandy out altogether. So either way, I see what you're saying, but that's a problem. And now let's move to Brandy Glanville, who on camera kind of she did do something. She said something on camera back in the day. Many, many people, when I put the question sticker of what I should ask you, talk ask me about this one, and wanted your opinion. Brandy had a co-star on the Housewives of Beverly Hills who was Puerto Rican, I believe, Joyce. Um, she said she didn't swim. That that was it. You already know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's the problem because we already know where we're going with this. She yeah. said she didn't swim. And Brandy goes, and I remember it now. I remember her going, you're a black person. And I was like, Yikes. Oh. Yikes. Yikes. And Joyce is like, what? And she was very offended. Joyce is not black, but you don't have to be to be offended because this is stupid, okay? Exactly. So she insinuated that because Joyce can't swim, she's a black person because black girls want to get their weave wet. Uh, not their hair, their weave. Their weave. Let me just, uh, before I even ask you, I I need, I am called by the Lord. I am <laughs> This is my ministry Amen. to explain to people what this stereotype means. And let me tell you why. It is not that we can't swim. I can okay. swim. I okay. choose not to, but I can swim. In fact, I love going to the pool. I get a very beautiful tan very quickly. When I put on sun lotion, it is simply because I don't want cancer, but I become beautifully golden. Yeah. I have a great tan. I enjoy myself. I have a very nice beverage. A snack is involved. And I love to wade in the water and get my swam on. Okay. The things are, if you have a weave, fun fact, you are actually more likely to get into the pool because it is a lot easier yeah. for you to do your hair if you have a weave or extensions in. That is fact one. Fact two, most Black girls that I know, especially we get hair protective styles, especially for the summer, which include braids that include extensions that is, again, extending our hair so that our hair is protected Correct. so that we can do things like swim. Third of all, it is not that we can't swim because we don't want to protect our hair. Sometimes we do spend so much money, money you would not believe, on these protective styles like weaves and braids and twists and things like that and locks. It's so expensive. Sometimes we just don't want to mess it up. It will, yes, mess up some of the pattern and some of the texture of our roots that show in our hair. But really what happens is if we don't have those protective styles in, when I go swimming, my hair being wet, it is not as simple as when I come back, I can just put in some Garnier or something, like, wash it yeah. quick. I don't, we can't wash our hair every day. We cannot right. get our hair wet every day. It will take a lot of moisture out of our hair. It takes many weeks for our hair to get oily. It does not get oily every day. So washing our hair constantly is a, not a thing. It becomes very dry, very brittle, can fall out. It's not well, it's not good taken care of. It needs to stay moist constantly, which requires a lot of work, especially if you are a natural haired, hair wearer. Yeah. You're just wearing your natural curl pattern or not putting any process, products or, any, or processes through it to make it look different and more manageable, which means it takes a lot to manage. If I get into the pool, that is a hair wash day. When it I is. wash my hair, it is multiple hours of hours. What I want to do to it. It takes a lot of time to braid up each individual strand of my hair 
to make it curly or wavy for the next day, to put stuff through it, to blow it out. It's a lot of work because the type of hair we have that can be anywhere between 4C or something even a little bit more manageable is difficult to work a hot tool through. You have to blow it out. You have to brush it up. You have to deep condition it, put oil in it, put all that moisture back that the water and the chlorine extracted. And to do that takes a lot of time, which means if we have a choice between getting in the pool or just coming to the pool, we might just come to the pool if we don't plan on doing our hair that day. Exactly. I might have other things to do. I don't want to be there all day. And sometimes just simply being out in the sun, I'm sweating out something. The waves are now coming and my roots are now curly. So it's not a matter of we don't swim because we don't want to get our weave wet. If you want to protect our hair, wouldn't you? Like that's okay. kind of how that works. Those are little, little, little known black history facts. Little known black history facts. Get into it. <laughs> like honestly yeah it's not that and it's not that we can't swim we, we can take a swim lesson if we want to we can learn how to swim if we want to people right. know how to swim up all different races right. so we yeah. don't know how to swim at all it's a thing but mainly it's because we our hair does not respond to water the mm -hmm. same way other races do specifically that of Eurocentric individuals, okay. Hispanic individuals, and okay. Asian individuals whose okay. hair is usually a little bit straighter. So when you wash your hair, you can come out and your beach waves and stuff are fine. If well, you wash that. your hair and let it dry, it's fine. When we wash our hair, it does not stay flat. It, it does grows up. So in order for us to keep it flat or to make it, we have to re literally remold it into what we want it to be. Diffusers are used, you know, blow dryers are used, combs, brushes products i have when i wash my hair i use at least nine products at least at least there nine at least nine things going on in my hair at one time i got to shampoo i got to condition i got to do the deep condition i got to yeah. do the hair mask you know yeah. it might be a treatment time especially yeah. when you set out of chlorine it's damaging on your skin and hair it anyway. is very damaging you get out and then I got to put the products in it to keep it moist because once that water dries, it's going to stay dry and brittle. So now I have to put the moisture back in that I just rinsed out and I have to use a few different products for that. Some hair milk, some different toning stuff. Things If I want to twist it up, now that requires gel. The gel, yeah, twist you're right. Gel so the curls hold and I got to take those curls out after a few hours and I lay it on it and stuff. And I got to get the edges down so it's not looking poofy in the front. We do a whole lot for the presentable to y'all, okay? Yeah, we do. It's a we lot do. of things. It's not like work. five products. I'm like five it, products. See, so you are a male. Yeah, that's something to be said. Exactly. So you see what I'm saying? And never mind the fact that if I go, I have to go to the hair salon to get my hair done. Like it's a thing. We're not when we go to blowout. We don't go get blowouts done. It's not for that. When I go to even my own blowout bar, it's a long process because my hair doesn't do the same thing. It doesn't dry straight or curly, and I just like literally, literally bump out some of the curls and texture just a little bit and add a little heat. It is a simple fact that I have to transform my hair from one texture to another. Yeah, that is a lot. So there is no the black person can't swim because they don't want to get their weave wet. So that what Brandy was implying was wrong. So I understand mm -hmm. why Joyce was offended because I was like, oh, that was before I had this podcast and I can explain to y'all what the truth is, but now I can't hear right. y'all. Come on, plus so, <laughs> <laughs> Um I had to explain that because bitch, okay. So <laughs> Brandy is she was not fired right away. Yes. Joyce was actually demoted that year. She was asked to not come back. Mm. The next year Brandy was there, but was not asked to return the following year. But she has been in and out of the friend of the last 
few years. This was a lot of years ago, but in the last two or so years, she's been in and out as a friend of. So it's still not full time, but this is why I also think that Stassi will come back eventually because they they let it breathe for like three years and then now she's here. Hmm. What would you have brought Brandy back if you knew she was a liability, especially if they're possibly editing her out of the show right now? Right. Uh, if you know she's that problematic, why bring her back? I agree. But is she good for TV? She's yeah, she's very good for TV. I think that I think that's what fuels a lot of different things. NBC's just wants a ratings. I get it. Yeah, yeah, and I, and if she's if she makes money too, then yeah, I think that adds into um, that adds into why things take so long sometimes in making a decision because they want to make sure they make a right one, but also give them space to have time for it. So me personally, I would not bring her back. I feel like those comments are too small and too ignorant to be tolerated. You know what I mean? Like. That's that's yeah. like, girl, you need to go take off a year and then once you've learned, maybe watch Good Hair by Chris Rock, maybe watch Beauty Shot with Queen Latifah. You Very know, good. once you've learned, I think that situation, once you've learned, you can come back possibly. Well, it's just shoot, we'll, we won't shoot you around, you know, people of color at the pool. We just won't do that. You know what I mean? So I feel like she can recover from this. Um, I don't, I've actually heard that she's been going back and forth and being a friend to holding a peach when that's universal, holding whatever they hold in that franchise. Diamond. (laughs) Where did they get those from? Anyway, (laughs) I think the big old diamonds too, right? Yes. Oh my, what is this? Okay. Anywho. Beverly Hills is a diamond. What's their, what's their, uh, symbol for the state? Like Georgia peach. Do they have a symbol? Anywho, rich people. Diamond. They, they hold a diamond. In okay. Hills for, okay. for that franchise. Uh, rich. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but anywho, yeah, I think she re- can recover. I think she needs to go learn. That's a learning lesson for her, and we just we just won't shoot her around the pool with Blackie because she clearly didn't know any better then. But I don't know why she's teeter tottering back and forth to being the diamond holder to the friend of the show. They're playing with her value. And I if, if that was my client, mm. I'd be like, girl, you need to you need to find your place because if it's friend, the the if it's friend, then the check needs to be as big as Marlowe's in uh Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be the big friend of it the big friend of the show check. So yeah. Oh okay I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah. So my last one we'll go through is Kelly Dodd over on Orange County, which is another franchise I think needs to just go into the water at this point mm-hmm. and just swim away and never come back. Um, off camera, I mean, on camera, she's a hot mess. Off camera, she not too long ago, uh, or it resurfaced or whatever, it was on TMZ that, you know, they were talking about uh, men and men that she likes and stuff. And I guess they implied that, you know, she would date any guys or black guys or something. But let me tell you, honey, the pain and anguish in her voice of how dare you insinuate that I would date a black man. And it was like, black guys? I don't date black guys. I don't like black guys. What made you think I like black guys? I was like, ooh. Mm. What's what's the problem? Why would I do that? Yeah, and it wasn't like, that's not my preference. It was like, why would you think that about me? And it's like, that's the difference. If it's not your preference, that's one thing. So, why well, I prefer 
X, Y, and Z. But the impl- it's like, well, how, what was the implication of why would you think that about me? Like, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. like black guys. Don't get it confused. Like, why, don't be, why would you think that about me? And that, that implication, that tone was like, what like she turned her nose mean? into it. Yes. It's like, what does that mean? Like, why would you think I like black guys? I don't know, because we thought you were a cougar who likes men in general. Period. Like, all men, you come off and market yeah. yourself right. as a girl who just likes to date and likes men. So we didn't think that you were going to be, oh, I only, like, don't think that just because I have, I'm out here trying to date anybody that I don't have no standards. Yeah. That I wouldn't that I would date a black man. Like, girl, we don't know who you are. So we thought, we did not think we had to check. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she is offensive in that way. They don't want you either, though, boo. I asked. So (laughs) Um, there's that. There's no action for her yet. However, this was on TMZ. She was known in the public for saying a lot of stupid shit about COVID and COVID-19. Some comments include, um, this is God's way of thinning the herd. I hate that. And yeah. that this is not um, up to the government to decide her health. It's up to her to decide her health. Okay. Things, you know, okay. Govern or govern, whatever. Stupid things. Very, um, I will have to preface with her fiance is a Fox News anchor. Uh... So I believe she's only watching his network which I'm not saying anything about people who watch Fox News. You can imply whatever you want from me saying it, but I'm just saying she is getting Rick Leventhal's version of the news only. That is her fiance's name. Okay, so, I'm going to say it. Whoever that is, he's giving wrong information. Yes, <laughs> that is, uh, she's only hearing him yeah. give her the news and pretty much no one else because there are some um, other people on Fox who are a little bit more uh, central, who are even Democratic, and, um, the people like you know, there are plenty of people who are some, some of them are even black. So, okay. girl, you know, we just know you're not listening to anybody else but Rick, your fiance, and I think he might be leading you astray. Someone like Kelly, who constantly runs her mouth, mm-hmm. would you even pick up the phone if you didn't even know who this was? And they were like. Hi, Donovan. This is Kelly Dodds. People calling. We yeah. want to know if you can hire you. You Google or you maybe you text me like, you know, do you know who this Kelly girl is? And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she's on OC. Like, okay, she wants mm-hmm. to represent her. And I'm like, oh, honey, let me pull up the list. What yeah. are you responding back to her people? Um, it's a no for me, dog. And let me tell you <laughs> why. <laughs> let me tell you why. It's not it, like she could have recovered from the black guy statement. Um, I feel like she could have said where like um, she not blamed it on, but she could have put it on how she was raised and then explain why it was wrong. You know what I mean? Like in her, mm-hmm. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and that in her subconscious, she hit black eyes like, oh, did I come out of my mouth? So we could have spun it in some type of way that was authentic to her and still apologizing and taking actionable steps um, to just identify her preference but not like turn your nose up to a whole race of men. But it's the stuff after that I'm going to Google and not like. So when you're like, I, I, not that a publicist needs to control what you say, but like, I want to make sure I'm a buffer to help you not get canceled and put you in a certain category where no one's going to let your audience starts to fade away. You know what I mean? Like those that were maybe not the stand of you are now mm-hmm. like, oh, you can go back to the fishes. You know what I mean? So it's just like those little things. And, and on top of that, um, your husband being a Fox co-anchor, I would definitely watch this stuff too because his brand affects your brand as well. 
because just like you said, you attributed to what that not you didn't attribute, but we put two and two together when we thought, okay, um, he's a Fox News correspondent. I'm definitely have to Google him and um, you know, look up his stuff and his stance on stuff because pillow talk is real. Um, Hello. Yeah, like and that and those those shared beliefs go. Of course, when you marry someone, those shared beliefs go about it. Unless she's condemning her husband, which uh, I don't think would happen. But like, it says a lot about somebody when their husband, PR wise, it says something a lot about you when your significant other counterpart has this opinion that may be a bit not only controversial but offensive to people. So then I look at okay. both. I look at both of y'all with a squint. Like, do you agree with what he said? And if you don't, why haven't you said anything publicly about it? So, okay, not a client for me. We could do a strategy session for five hundred dollars. I'm here to help, but oh, not a not a right. Not a because they out here hurting. Boo. They are. They are. So yeah, maybe the strategy session for seven hundred, but not a retainer, which would be, of course, over a thousand because we have a lot of cleaning to do there so okay yeah. <laughs> I like it. um i also need to make a reference the third thing i wanted to say was um mm. saucy and Kristen have hired a crisis management team uh during this time hopefully that includes some kind of uh race training yeah. uh, training on education the girl was dropped by her pr but it seems they have hired a crisis management team and they weren't even really friends before all this happened so look mm. now they're bonding and unemployment so Ooh. I made mean, for them. The first, the first month should be bringing in like my girl Angela Rye, Amanda Seals, somebody to give you the tea. Okay, somebody to give you the straight truth on the black experience in this country and why what they have done was wrong. It needs to be realized first because we can't communicate properly if you're still basing your opinions off um, non-existent facts and off of your own bias and privilege on what's going on. So yeah. Yes, I will be looking into who that crisis management team is. Look up that find it. Shoot. Yes, absolutely, and I will be. You know, it doesn't seem like there's any implication that it is a firm of people of color or Mm -hmm. anything like that. But it Mm -hmm. does. They already have new representation. His name is Steve Honig. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, without he released a statement that says Stassi and Kristen acknowledged what they did was wrong, have apologized and been punished without casting aside their actions or the impact of those actions. They want to move forward as part of the solution in ways that are productive, meaningful, and sincere. Both of them recognize actions speak louder than words, and that is what will guide them as they move forward. That's more than what they said in their comments, though, so you're speaking a lot for them, honey. It is. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That actually is a good step forward, and I would love to see part of the other thing is we need to put those things on in the forefront and on spotlight on what they're learning, because what they did publicly, what they did wrong, what they did right needs to be showcased as well. In the best taste, that's light, but just like you cannot just apologize in private. You have to, and in public, because everyone saw that. It holds just as much weight when you um, don't apologize in public. You add into your wrongs then. You know what I mean? So yes. uh, I definitely um, love, I love that he just said, but I hope it continues and goes forward with, you know, good yeah. training. Yeah, good training, good learning. It's a good faith effort. I hope we see something happen of it. Steve Honig has more than 30 years of experience in Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, the Olympics, New York's fashion industry, 
Las Vegas Strip and Washington, D.C. Okay, so I'm hearing politics. He is a white Mm -hmm. male. Yes. Seemingly cis and seemingly heterosexual, Mm -hmm. which none of those things are a problem. I'm just saying this is whom they have felt comfortable hiring to coach them through a diversity-specific issue. That's very true. Cool. We'll see what happens. If he's good at his job for 30 years, he might be able to do the job. He might be able to be, you know what? You know what? I, I will say, let me reserve judgment. But I have often heard and said, I had therapists tell me, you know, they fully understand Black people's decision and desire to work with Black therapists, which is fine, period, hard stop. Enter, enter right, right. any therapist of any nationality, any race that is well-trained and is good at their job should be able to look past mm-hmm. their own experience to help you with yours because that is their job. Very they should be able to be educated on the needs of a Black client because that is their job. So if this man has been doing this for 30 years, hopefully he can get them out of the hole because you already said, and I, have a, I agree, what his statement was is already more concise mm-hmm. and more informative than both of their statements combined and yep. separate. So yep. he's good if he's good at his job for 30 something years in all these major places, maybe he can get them out of some mess. But this is a part of their new representative and their crisis management team. Um, I definitely hope they at least do a focus group or something. Yeah. Because this, to me, again, this is an easy fix. I just feel like both them and Bravo are doing everything opposite. Like they're right. around the issue. Like, girl, all you gotta do is talk to more black people. This is not that hard. It Say isn't. you're gonna host a focus group. Say you're gonna put Portia on TV and not just on Instagram Live. Say right. you're gonna give people the space and the platform to talk this stuff. Say it. Just say you're gonna do it. What is the issue? Like, you just don't want to do it that bad. You feel like you have to admit to wrongdoing in order to move forward? Maybe. But also, we're not saying, say you are a shitty network who only promoted racism and was super bad in the past. We're just saying do better now. Like, do better moving forward. But and if you don't want to admit wrongdoing from your past, that doesn't mean you can't take the necessary positive steps forward either. It's not one or the other. It should be both, but it doesn't have to be neither. That's It seems so redundant to me. All you have to do is be like, girl, we messed up. We right. sorry. Right. And we want to listen. If y'all have some, you know, positive people that you can put us in touch with we let how did it we let stassi go when we have an entire network of black women on this the same network put her in the room with the entire cast of atlanta or potomac okay let them educate stassi on why this is a problem right especially from atlanta that has one of the most racist legal systems in, that i've ever seen so <laughs> let them educate her on what it is, on what's really going on. This is not that part. The resources it isn't. are here. That's why out of the Yeah, yeah. Candy, uh, take Candy off of Housewives of Atlanta. Put her in the boardroom at Bravo. Her story is great. She's too accomplished at this point. She's bigger than this show. She needs yeah. to be in somebody's boardroom at the network. Going, excuse me. We this is not it. You're gonna get in trouble for it. Okay, she to, right? So, and she needs her own show. That's when he's our own. I, I, she needs. She needs our own something. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? It's it, it not just that black person's magic. Let's talk about yours. If you had a dream network or a dream client and a dream client, who? What are they? Who are they? Oh my goodness, dream network. That's a hard one. That's a very hard one because who's calling you and you're like, honey, I'm on a plane 
I got my mask. Mm. I will bring my lights <laughs> off. COVID, but I'm coming. I will be social distance. Please buy me both plane tickets for the entire row. But I'm coming. Right. Right. Oh, you know what? You know what? My first thought, and I'm going to go a little bit different. My first thought is HBO. Really? I think I think it's been I think it's been very progressive in some sense. And it's been, you know, you it gives a, there's a lot more freedom to be had at HBO. You know what I mean? I don't have to worry about somebody at ABC 10. That's not family friendly and being like, okay, okay, you know, we can fix it. That's <laughs> very like true. ABC. That's very true. Yeah, I like it. A little too. bit more flexibility. Okay, yes. so your dream client, yes. like public figure that's like, hey, we heard about you from the Mixing My Money podcast. <laughs> and we really yes. want to work with you. Who is that? Although she will never leave her publicist, Beyonce, of course. Maybe she'll add you to the team. Hopefully, hopefully. But let me tell you why. It is a guaranteed media placement. You know what I mean? So a lot what people have to go through is the failure process in that I'm pitching, I'm developing an entire story, a brand story, brand guidelines, all that good stuff, right, that I'm working on and pushing forward, and then the media doesn't pick it up. So with Beyonce, it's mm. guaranteed. Okay, talk about guaranteed. And that came with a lot of hard work, trust me. That didn't come with, you know, um, just, I'm Beyonce. It came with a... Oh, girl. You, I, I don't have to tell <laughs> you. I don't have to tell you, but you can listen to Right. To me, if she breathes, I want them to cover it on national television. That's what I'm talking about. But That's what I understand. <laughs> yeah, she also had to work for it. Yes, I understand. Absolutely. Um, next question if you were on Bravo's PR team today and they said, we have you for five minutes, what is the one thing you're telling them? Like, I'm not hot. I'm not, I don't want to work for y'all because y'all are a bunch of hot messes, mm. but what are we telling them? I need my girl in the director of communication position to be in the top, top boardroom. Um, what else do I need? I need, I need, uh, ooh, child, don't get me in trouble. I need, I need some diversity in Andy Cohen's positions. Hello, he can't handle it all, honey. Apparently, I and think he's Nina bank. When I'm telling you, he's making bank. I think so. Nina over on E Daily Pop and Daily Dish yeah, and Night yeah. Pop and everything. I think she needs to come on over to Bravo and her sister networks. She I does. think they need to share that platform. I really do. I agree. I agree. I think that we see more diversity. But there. she's killing it over there, and there's she really she and she's on the come up from Love and Hip Hop on her way up. Talk about on yes. your up, okay? Oh, I, and they also have Justin um, from the Lady Sitter, who, believe it or not, he is on E, and he is um, nightly pop and daily dish and all yeah. that stuff. Also, yeah. he's hosting a lot of these conversations over on the IG Live for Bravo because. He started on Bravo. He was Kyle Richards' assistant on House of the Beverly Hills while he was trying to work his way through Hollywood. Yeah. And he did it. He made it. So that's really good on him. I Is it enough to you to fire people and, be, and make them examples, you know, if there's not any effort behind the scenes, like a changing of policies or drawing of a line? Is this enough? Or would you tell them, like, that's cute, but do more? I, that's Cuba Dumore is definitely my um, stance on it because I feel as though we can fire her if we want, but we're not encouraging. This could happen to any empl- almost any employee. So if we're not mm-hmm. making the other em- current employees do better. Then it, it it's a that's cute, but 
on to the next one. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I don't want to have to wait and see who is next to be canceled because we're not implementing that proper training, the, the proper training. Yeah. Not just the diversity ones, but the one where you sit in a room where people that don't look like you can share their experiences, where you learn the history of how other people have felt in this country. So I feel like I don't want to wait for the next person to be canceled. I want to see the effort in that they're canceled, uh, they're fired, here are the actionable resources we're going to do to ensure and pray that this doesn't happen. I like it. Okay, what more fun? Yes. What are you currently watching? Oh my goodness! What's you getting know, you through quarantine this week? You know what I? I would say I restarted two shows that I'll say I restarted. I'm watching old reruns of Project Runway. <laughs> Tim Gunn or Elaine? Yes. Well, both, both, both. The, okay. Because right. I love Elaine. I love Elaine and I love... But the, the original is the original. The original is the original. Did you watch on Amazon um, Making the Cut? I haven't yet. I've heard good things though. It was it was really good. In my eyes, it was really good. Some were saying that they missed... Because it's Tim and Heidi, so they missed the elements of Project Runway. But I was like, this is not Project Runway, guys. Okay? This is Making the Cut. Yeah. And I've always, I've always said Naomi Campbell would be really good on judging these fashion shows. Um, and she's a judge on there and she gives the business. My oh, only, I love it. My only issue with Project Runway is there's not been enough black winners. I recall there's only been yeah. one black girl that has won Project Runway um, in all the 18 seasons. Her name is Dom Streeter. She's Ooh. the only black girl that has won. So I'm always really one that I thought should have came close who was from Baltimore. I really wanted him to win. I think his name was like Disney or Bishman. Yeah. Something like that. That was what yeah. I thought he was next level iconic. So yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, in season nine that was from White Plains, Maryland. So I was just oh. now I'm really rooting for you. <laughs> oh yeah, girl. Um, what are some projects you're working on that you're really excited about? So actually right now I'm working on a huge virtual summit. Um, I work with the organization, an entity, a movement called Build Your Own Brand Live. And it's all about minority entrepreneurs, brand builders, creators, creatives, and just professionals in general to not only build their own brand, but then just ensure and enhance their own abilities through just their crafts and their industries and things like that. So we unfortunately- I look into that. Yes, yes, please do. We unfortunately had to, of course, cancel our conference um, this year. So it won't be happening this year. We're definitely coming strong for 2021. Um, but we we are definitely coming hard and strong with this virtual summit. If you're interested, bylblive.com backslash retreat. Um, not bring your own bottle, build your own brand. So it's going to be really <laughs> And I'm super excited for this. Um, also, my new podcast is coming out, which I'm super excited for. Um, it's called Strategies for the Culture. And listen, if it's not a better time to release it now, I don't know when it is. But we're going oh, yeah. to be breaking down those strategies that we kind of just talked about in this episode, the marketing and PR strategies that make the culture go round. So, of course, we're going to talk about some canceled culture things in there. We're going to talk about, um, you know, Band-Aids and how they're just releasing diverse diverse um, skin tones within their line. Because, I mean, that was a definitely reactionary strategy. You know what I mean? So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about, you know, why we're paying attention to people like B. Simone. Why we're looking at Beyonce because the entity she is, which can be like a whole podcast in itself. 
why we are back and forth with Tyler Perry on standing him for what he does, oh, wow. seeking his content in how it's only for a very sliver piece of the black audience. So it's going to get in really in depth. We're going to try to help. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. We're definitely going to help so you build your own strategies as well. So we want to make sure because there's a Love lot it. of terms out there that stress, um, of course, that they prevent you from being in cancel culture, but that stress that you'll never be on that list as far as this is canceled because you were culturally sensitive. So we want to get those people on there, those Black publicists that are working behind the scenes and those that are just killing it. So we're going to have some great interviews, some great insight, and it's going to be so much fun coming this month in June. I promise. I love it. And please tell everyone where they can follow you on social media. Absolutely. Everywhere is at I am the Don Mac. You can follow the agency, which is also releasing new content. It's Mac and Creative. So my last name, M-A-C-K-A-N-D, Creative. Um, we also do creative direction as well as public as publicizing and being a publicist because that work goes hand in hand. And then, of course, strategies for the culture spelled out, no spaces, no underscores on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. And look at our podcast intro is available now on all platforms. So I'm so excited. I love it. Thank and you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Let me just give you a round of applause as well because you have been killing it, killing it. I absolutely love you. I adore you. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you all be following him and be obsessed just like I am. And all of his socials and stuff will be listed in the details of this episode. Of course, as always, you're welcome to follow me anywhere that you podcast, Mixing with Moni, and on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And if applicable to you, stay happy, stay healthy, stay home, and honestly, stay woke. Just period. All right. Period. <laughs> Love you, girl. Listening and talk Love. to you For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, pop culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I, so you can keep up with me. And don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening, and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.